who was at the disposal of all of us whenever we needed her. She was at the disposal of the society as far as I'm concerned. Every time I referred things to her, I had no doubt they were going to be dealt with. She was a very enthusiastic, energetic, and on top of her work at all material times. Uh, it is one of the most painful loss during this COVID that we've, COVID we've ever had. And uh, I've listened, I've, I've read the messages of different members. I had no doubt that uh, even the entire portfolio committee is badly affected. I would request if members don't mind, just for a few seconds or a minute, that we 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 we, we present we, we observe a moment of silence in honor of this uh, special South African. Thank you very much. Uh, I would, I, I hope I, I, I'm tempted to break the protocol and say maybe I'm not sure if each party would want to say a word or two in a minute on this matter because people didn't have an opportunity to speak there. If anyone, we don't have to. Does anyone it's want it. to comment? Yes. This is Bridget. I would like. Yes. Thank you so much, Chair. Um, on behalf of the Democratic Alliance and, and on behalf of myself as a member of this portfolio committee from the fifth to the sixth parliament, um, it was very shocking and devastating to hear of the passing on of DDG Numalo. And you, you take time to, to actually come to terms with the fact that it is true. And um, we would, I would really like to convey a very deep condolence and a sincere one to the family, to the loved ones, to the department as well, and, and to, to all those that she impacted in the sector. As, as the chair has said, she, she was a, 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 a huge player in, in the in the in the social development issues and um, I still I tried yesterday to get into the memorial service but it was so full that I couldn't get in so it, it really is something that has taken all of us um, you know by so much surprise and we we are deeply deeply uh, saddened by this by this um, uh, loss to the to the sector to the department and, and of course to the to the portfolio committee thank you chair thank you very much any other party yes yes chairperson it's honorable for the can i proceed proceed please thank you so much uh, chairperson yes just just like bridget um, I also worked with uh, Sis uh, Connie through the fifth and sixth parliament. What always struck me about a chairperson is I always say that if you've got a passion for what you do, then you know the battle is half won. And she she always had the the most wonderful passion for her work. She was very dedicated, very committed, 
Uh, it's no wonder that they, they call her social development's chief social worker because she was really passionate and committed to the work that she did. She was a lovely person. She had a great smile. And really, you know, one struggles to come to terms that somebody as young as her uh, would have lost her life due to this COVID-19 pandemic. So again, also on behalf of the Encarta Freedom Party, um, our, our leader, Prince Mangasutubutulese, I would like to convey our party's condolences to her family, to the social development department, her, her wider, all, all her friends and, and acquaintances. We are really losing a stalwart chairperson, somebody that meant a lot to all of us. And um, really, it's going to be very difficult to, to replace her, and we will miss her dearly. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Another party? Chairperson, thank you. Um, uh, Leticia speaking on behalf of the EFF. On behalf of the EFF, we would like to convey our condolences to the family. And Maria Soro is in the please. Thank you. Thank you very much. Am I leaving out any other party? Um, it's Mari Sukas here, chairperson from the ACDP. Um, I want to join uh, my colleagues um, to, to um, express our sadness at the loss of Sisconi. Um, I've had only the privilege to work with her in the sixth parliament. And the one thing that strikes me the most about her is that smile, um, you know, that stretches from the one side of her face to the other. And the energy with which she um, approached her work, I will never forget when we were having the a presentation on gender-based violence. Sisconi, we called uh, the the emergency hotline in the in the committee and Sisconi afterwards were joking with us to say she was bragging and there the line did not work at that moment but it was that fiery passion that she had and not being afraid to confront things I just want to say to everybody um, our sincere condolences our prayers are with the family and with all her colleagues may God bless you all Thank you. Uh, that was ACDP, DA, EFF, IFP. Am I leaving any other party out? That's okay. Uh, from the department, we know they had a moral service, but I'm not sure if the minister would have one word or two. Is the minister here? Uh, sorry, Chaperson, um, uh, we've received an apology on behalf of the minister. Uh, she's attending attending a cabinet meeting today. She won't be with us. The deputy minister. Chair. Can the deputy minister say one or two words? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Good morning, honorable members. And uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. It is indeed one of those very painful days. Um, I, I don't know what to say because when I tested positive, Connie was the first person I called and I'm the one that said, Yo, you, you're speaking funny, can you go do your COVID test? I got my results on a Monday. And the Monday I said to Connie, Yo, you are speaking very funny, can you go do your COVID test? No, DM, I'll do it. I'm like, just to say I'm positive and I'm testing my whole office and I'm testing my whole house. And she was like, 
Okay, DM, I'll go because you are screaming. And on Tuesday, Pony went with Nichipale because I was concerned and Kumbula for three DDGs. So I said all the DDGs must go do cover test. And then I sent my whole office and my whole house. Wednesday morning, my whole house's results, including my kids, came back positive. So everybody in my house was positive. And Connie was the first person I called because my kids were very close to her. And I was like, yo, my kids are very angry. Uh, can you assist? And she's like, of course. So she called my girls one by one by one and spoke to them and they started coming down. And I called, Nichipale called, I'm positive. I'm like, so we conferenced with Connie. Connie like, I'm waiting for mine. Kumbula tested positive our DDG corporate services. That was a Wednesday. And six of my office staff tested positive. So we all got our results on Wednesday. I mean, they got their results two days after me. Later in the afternoon, Connie had her results. And she said, oh, DM, it was the 15th of July. I can never forget mm -hmm. that. DM, I'm positive. I'm like, eh? So three DDGs positive, me, six from my team, and we're sitting at 452. GSD staff. So we all went on isolation and the deal was no hospital. We all agreed nobody's going to the hospital. We all going to be drinking whatever the concoction is. Thursday, we all spoke. Everybody's fine. How did everyone sleep? Friday, we all spoke. Later in the day... Try, try, try to observe the time, dear. Yes. Later in the day, I get a call I don't know what Connie was looking for. And then I answered her. And then in the evening, I call her to check on how she's doing. Like I checked everybody. She's in hospital. I'm like, what? What are you doing there? And two days we spoke while she was in the hospital. And that Sunday was the last day we called Connie's phone and it was ever answered. Thank you, Chairperson. Sure. No, thank you. This is one of the most painful incidents in this sector. And uh, we've seen it happening all over the country to many people we know, to our relatives, to people who mean so much to this country. It actually continues to make the point that this is serious. Issues of social distance and mask, washing hands is the basic we've been told about, is what seems to be working. And uh, May her soul rest in peace. May her family accept our condolences. I think it was an important moment for the committee, especially that uh, some of you were not able to access the memorial service. And I must thank you all members for using this opportunity to actually try to engage with the family and the country in that fashion. Uh, any apologies, Lindy? She is muted, Chair. She is muted. How can oh, she be sorry. muted? She is not supposed to be muted, that one. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chair. I, I want to avoid distraction from my side. Um, there are two apologies from the members. Uh, member, you just alluded to. Member Pilangulu, who is attending to a family uh, matter. Uh, her sister got into an accident. And another one, member Mutaung, she is not feeling well. 
as uh, and the, also the, the the minister who attend was attending the the cabinet meeting. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, yes. please also note the apologies of Member Nguenia. Thank you very much. Is she sick? Sick. Yes, Chair. Yes, uh, I'm sure honourable members will remember how we had to advise honourable Mdaung to actually retire from the from the logging. Uh, I also was scared when Honorable Bilangulu told me that her sister is involved in a bus accident and uh, we'll stay posted and find out what's happening there. Uh, the agenda, Honorable Members, can you put the agenda on the screen, uh, Lindy? Ms. Nsabu. Can you read it for the portfolio committee, Lindy? She is muted, Chair. Um, anyway, it's it's uh, the, the the agenda is is there, honorable members, is two items uh, dealing with the issue of the first quarter and also with the issue of the update on the foster care uh, uh, agenda. Those are the only two items. Uh, we want to, I want to, pro to table the agenda for the members to adopt. Of members, I would like to adopt Chair Bridget. Thank, thank you, Olmosan. Or any seconder? Welcome, Honorable Mvana. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, that is the agenda, Honorable Members. Can we hand over then to the department? I missed that chair. I think you disappeared. No, no, no. We all start with your first presentation, Honorable GM. Oh, okay. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson, and good morning. I'm going to request uh, the committee's indulgence and for the committee to just um, support me a bit in the request I'm going to make. But before, uh, the acting DG is here. Uh, with the team, uh, we are presenting the first quarter reports. I'm correct, Chair, that's the first agenda item, right? It appears that. Yes. So um, just a, a few remarks to indicate that uh, we, the first quarter was one of the not so easy quarters for us as social development. It, it, it happened as we were in starting level five lockdown and the demand of our services went very, very high because um, the biggest uh, drivers of our challenge in this uh, particular, um, in this particular 
time was uh, issues around food, uh, where people needed to go, uh, went hungry because they could no longer be in the streets. The second issue was the issue of the establishment of the shelters for homeless people, which was another thing that we needed to do quite very, very agently uh, to ensure that we comply with the level five um, uh, lockdown. The cases of gender-based violence went very, gender-based violence and femicide went very high, which required a high demand of our services. And that uh, was another challenge. We, we closed a, a number of our services that included a lot of community disruptions. We closed ECDs during this particular reporting period. We stopped uh, visitation to all of our shelters including, you know, CYCC orphanages, but we also made sure that nobody visits, there are no new visitors to our offices. Um, also, Chair, we'll, we had to upgrade our ICT system as a COVID reminded the department of the importance of ICT because we host um, the country's adoptions and inter-country and our country adoptions and that system was manual. We needed to make sure that we are able to never lose uh, any South Africa's children's uh, information. Um, the two registers that we host, nieces as well, in terms of the country's profile. So we upgraded because we had to create a back office. So we did that and saw the opportunity to focus while there was lockdown. Um, we had legislation like the Social Assistance Act, the amendments, the Children's Act that we needed to come. And within all of that, uh, Chairperson, uh, the social relief, uh, the 350 came on in terms from SASA's side. And then NDA needed to make sure that we actually support with ensuring volunteers. So we... Our white paper went uh, chairperson uh, through, through the internal processes. It's now ready. And that is something that the committee has been waiting for since the fifth parliament, which we are really pushing to meet the deadline. Um, the, social, uh, the social service recruitment and retention uh, plan that supports the white paper is also um, uh, been publicized for public comment during this time. And um, the, we did uh, honor the Child Protection Week uh, virtually and engage children to understand the realities that the children are facing and how uh, uh, they are affected by this particular uh, uh, lockdown and being at home and not being at school and the support that they needed. We drafted all the standard operating procedures for disability sector in terms because we closed all the residential facilities and centers looking after disabled children. And um, we also made sure that the those who are addicted to substance abuse are actually able to do. So with those opening remarks, Chairperson, uh, allow me to also inconvenience the committee uh, if you would permit me, uh, we have a bit of a crisis on our hands. As I was speaking, Connie's daughter was calling. The doctor in the hospital filled the dates of the on the forms that Connie died on the 22nd of July, 2020. And the 
death certificate is printed as such and it's a whole total disaster because she can't leave now to go home and she's being buried on Friday. So this is where we need to stand up and and, and support the family because the mom, the family is already down in Bushback Ridge. They only, we only picked up the mistake now when the insurance companies were not paying that there is a date error. So I am requesting the ADG with your permission and the members permission to lead the delegation so that I can go and make sure I correct her death certificate, but I'm also able to go to the mortuary and get her body released so that she can go home. I think I think we should allow UTM. I hope the members will understand. Is that is that fine, honorable members? No, it's more than fine, Chair. Yes, Chair Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. That can you lead? We well, hope uh, every. We wish you all the luck, GM. We hope you put everything in order. You stabilize whatever. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Members. Linton? Thank you very much, Chairperson and Deputy Minister, members of the committee. Perhaps let me just also start by appreciating the messages of condolences that uh, members of the committee have sent out today and indeed appreciate the chairperson for his participation in the memorial service yesterday. It is a very difficult time for us um, uh, right now and uh, the DM has shared some of the challenges we are facing and we are trying to troubleshoot to the best that we can um, so that we can assist the family uh, at this time. Uh, we will be traveling, of course, to Umalanga um, to be with the family. Um, uh, uh, there will be representatives from the department in that regard. So, but we would just really want to appreciate the committee for um, uh, their, their, their messages of condolences. And uh, we continue to pray for, for strength and for peace. Uh, and indeed for comfort at this very difficult time. Chairperson, we are speaking to you this morning and the committee on the quarter one, 2020, 2021 uh, progress report. Um, if we could go to the next slide, we are presenting both the performance as well as the financials um, to this committee. Um, perhaps let me start by just indicating upfront that uh, 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 the targets, majority of the targets that we uh, involved consultations, workshops, training sessions, and capacity building, etc., um, uh, or either traveling from various provinces for face-to-face -face engagement could not be met at the lockdown levels five and four, um, and that made it difficult then for us to conclude uh, all the targets that we ought to have achieved rather at this time. So we only achieved 50% uh, of our planned targets in quarter one, um, uh, and um, we, of course, the committee would recall. Uh, had to revise then uh, our APP and our strat plan uh, in line with the guidance from DPME. Um, and um, uh, from those revisions, uh, about 10 targets uh, were removed completely because they were not achievable under the COVID-19 pandemic. Seven of those targets uh, were new targets that we thought we would implement. Um, and um, 25 of the targets were revised accordingly. 
So um, uh, we then want to indicate that uh, those, of course, that was, that was in Q1, and when we went into Q2, um, uh, uh, we, we submitted uh, our APP, revised rather APP. So this uh, first quarter report is based uh, solely on the initial uh, APP uh, and not the revised APP. So um, a true reflection of some of the work that we've done uh, within the context of COVID in the main will be results uh, will be uh, rather be much clearer in uh, uh, in quarter two because that's when we're implementing the revised APP. By way of summary, you could see the slide that from the 50, uh, 53 targets we had around 21 uh, were not achieved um, and five are in progress uh, or on course for to being achieved uh, and 27 of those were duly achieved. We thought it was important that we provide next slide. We thought it was important that we provide just some of our interventions um, uh, during COVID that we put forward that we were seized with uh, at the time. And I think the DM has spoken to a bulk of those. I will just try and speak to one or two. Um, as I indicated, our focus was shifted largely to um, creating um, uh, 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 an environment wherein we were able to curb the spread of COVID-19. And indeed, a number of, of measures were put forward, including uh, adhering to the necessary protocols, establishment of SOPs and guidelines or protocols for, for, for our sectors, um, uh, for our sector across various um, uh, 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 deliverables uh, in terms of the specific interventions that we ought, that we needed to do. Um, um, and we issued directions, of course, which were guiding us in this regard. Uh, and um, the DM has spoken to a bulk of these. I won't speak to them. Um, um, safe to say that um, some of our centers had to be closed because a lot of them required face-to-face -face contact and we had to reduce that quite drastically uh, and put uh, different uh, sets of measures in place. You can go to the next slide. Um, uh, I think the important thing uh, was, was, of course, the measures that we put in during that time, which DM has already spoken to around uh, the uh, COVID-19 um, sort of cushion, cushioning measures or, uh, or social measures, uh, particularly for those in distress. And I won't speak to all of those, uh, but the important thing is that uh, we needed to continue providing services in a new way. Uh, and we put those measures in place. Um, so progress on, on these interventions is presented um, uh, in, 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 on a regular basis, as you would know. Um, uh, and uh, we had to, I think one of the biggest things that we also had to do is find a way of ramping up uh, psychosocial support through social workers and find a way of employing additional social workers. Um, and we are still uh, forging ahead with that program accordingly. Perhaps let me ask Tabani to take us through the specific programmatic activities. Um, uh, and then uh, we will come in at the end. Good morning, Honorable Chairperson and uh, Honorable Members uh, of the Buffer Committee, the Deputy Minister, and all the colleagues uh, present here. I'll just try and take you through the specific uh, areas in terms of the actual targets, those that were met and that we did not meet. So how we have crafted the presentation, Honorable Chairperson and members, uh, the first slides will 
for each and every program, we highlight the areas uh, which we could not uh, mainly meet. And as the DG has indicated in his opening, the extent to which the target that required the in-person, face-to-face interactions uh, could not be met. And you could see as we present uh, throughout the programs. On program one, the targets that we could not achieve fully uh, amongst us, others relates to the ICT work uh, that had to be done because as part of uh, us implementing the integrated sector IT strategy, it required us to finalize consultations which had to be formal with provincial departments and we could not be able to do that. Also on the human capital, the sector-wide human resource plan as well could not be consulted during the first quarter because of the restrictions on the movement. And on the M&E, the framework that uh, had to be consulted as well uh, relied more on the policy work that uh, has not yet been approved uh, by end of uh, the first quarter. Uh, the targets that at least the department were able to meet it relates to the entities oversight. Local committee members, other members would recall that this has been a recurring uh, challenge that we've been having as a department. So, what has been able to do is that as part of us reviewing our entity oversight uh, framework, uh, the in terms of reference for the appointment of a service provider that will assist and work with us in terms of reviewing our entities oversight framework and put in place the system that we are able to strengthen our mechanisms of DSD, we have been able to complete those terms of reference and again report that we're in course uh, to, to have the service provider appointment. As we develop the strategy uh, for the next five years under the CIS administration, one of the work we wanted to do differently is to us to develop an M&E framework, which is an implementation plan, so that we look as to the extent to which we are implementing our framework over the next five years. So we have been able to develop a discussion document regarding this uh, this work. On HR as well, what we wanted to do as part of our commitment as reflected in our integrated plan and APP is for us to develop an integrated uh, service delivery model. And we are on course with, uh, with that. We have been able uh, whilst during lockdown five and four uh, uh, levels, we did uh, able to uh, conduct some internal consultations with regards to that so that we enrich uh, some of that particular work. You'll recall that on the finance, one of our targets is uh, the main target that we have there is for us to be, as part of making sure that we receive a clean audit, is for us to submit our annual financial statements as required. Uh, but due to the lockdown and the COVID 19, the, the dates submitted by the Treasury changed and we're able to submit on the new date, which was the 31st of, 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 of July. Moving to program two, program two, Chairperson uh, and our members will recall this is just about transfers of monies and we're able to fully achieve program two because it's about us transferring uh, these uh, monies to SASA for the payment of social grants. And uh, the only thing that happened is that uh, because of initial disaster, the payment for social grant beneficiaries for 1st of April, they were shifted to uh, 30 March and uh, the funding as well because of the 40 Point one uh, a billion that uh, to uh, to assist in terms of the top ups for the three fifty and uh, uh, the new special grant of three fifty dollars top ups were also included and these were for the duration of the six uh, months as uh, announced by the, the the president. Moving to program three. The targets that we could not also achieve uh, in this re related to some of the work we wanted to do. Part of it, one of it is to say, as part of the, the commitments that we've made, 
And uh, what this portfolio committee holds uh, very close to their heart is about how do we begin to link uh, our social grants beneficiaries to other economic activities. So we wanted to do some work and on the policy that will be able to uh, able to target these child support grant beneficiaries to make sure that they are able to be linked to government services as well as other economic opportunities. So this work could not be done because the planned consultation that we had to embark on could not be conducted during this uh, period, which uh, was mainly largely about uh, level four and five of the nationwide lockdown. We could not do the work as well and submit to parliament uh, the draft uh, fundraising amendment bill. And this work could only be done in the second quarter, Chairperson, because we are still waiting the uh, cabinet approval for this work. On inspectorate, the planned documents for the financial audits uh, could not be finalized and approved due to uh, the restrictions in terms of movement. However, also the training sessions on anti-fraud that we had planned to do and conduct with the SASA officials uh, could not be conducted as well as we could not uh, travel and make sure that we have those face-to-face -face because the planning uh, had been done to that it, it would be interactive session. Uh, once we did not achieve some of these targets, uh, but there were those that we were able to fully achieve, uh, which is the next slide and uh, relates to uh, the social security policy development. And we're able to uh, have an inception report regarding this work and we're able to complete it. And the draft regulations of social amendment bill were, were developed. And this work, as you noted, we're even presenting it to the portfolio, uh, to the uh, uh, NCOP yesterday. There's uh, quite substantial progress that has been recorded uh, regarding this. And on the inspectorate and the appeals, uh, we're able to record uh, some of the progress there as uh, during the first quarter. It was about 95% of all the uh, social assistance appeals were able to be uh, adjudicated within the period of 90 days uh, since uh, we have received them. And all appeals have been, that have been awarded by the tribunal during this period were directly communicated to SASA through the collaboration networks that have been established uh, in this regard. Program four, Honorable Chapter said, this is one of the, 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 the major um, a program that we have, and that's where there were some of the challenges and uh, uh, with regards to the targets that were planned uh, in terms of the trainings, the consultations, the workshop that has been planned, as we'll see in terms of the awareness sessions on anti-gangsterism, the work that we had to do in terms of training some of the social workers, uh, we could not be able to do that. And in addition to that, the, the draft regulations on the older persons amendment bill as well was not uh, being done because we wanted to make sure that the bill is being redrafted and aligned to the African Union protocol. The second element is only well, to not complete our work on the national plan of action for children. And uh, and these are the work that uh, we are continuing to do uh, in the subsequent quarters. And also on capacity building uh, uh, initiatives and uh, that we had to do in regarding to on social social support services guidelines, uh, as we were uh, planned to have, we could not complete them and some of the work on the development of the uh, service to persons with disabilities was not submitted to the technical team uh, on the both the social and economic clusters as, as we had planned. There were delays relating to this with the CS uh, uh, process. And we, however, did uh, record uh, in terms of achievements 
uh, to some of the services. That relates, number one, to the work on the white paper. Uh, in terms of the draft implementation plan, uh, we, 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 we made sure that all the required resources have been put uh, in place. And also during this quarter, Chairperson and honorable members, we were able to gazette, uh, to gazette the draft social services practitioners bill during this period. And also the department participated and also hosted the commemoration of the world, uh, of the world and the abuse awareness day. And this work was done on the 15th of June, uh, in the, uh, which was it falls within this uh, reporting period. On ECD work, we were able to finalize uh, the research reports on the quality assurance as well as uh, system uh, support system on ECT, and this report forms part of the ECT quality assurance uh, support system that we we have developed. Uh, we finalize a concept document, chairperson uh, members on the white paper on families, and also an auto tool to conduct existing parenting programs as well was finalized during the reporting period. On child protection, uh, we were able to finalize the draft monitoring tool. Uh, for the implementation of guidelines on community-based prevention and early intervention services. And also what is important to note is that during this period, the DSD was able at the occasion of the International Day Against Drug uh, Use and Illicit Trafficking, which took place on the 26th of June, the department launched the new drug, uh, uh, the National Drug Master Plan for 2019-2024, which uh, we've been able to present to this August uh, House as well. And uh, what is important to note as well is that we have received approval uh, for the two capacity three provinces on the new and uh, on that is very same new drug uh, master plan as well and we are continuing with uh, the work on the on on some of the of, of the areas as well within program four moving to program five before i hand over to the acting cfo one of the areas that we did not perform well uh, is on special projects and uh, which relate to epwp uh, we had to we had planned to consult to conduct some forums with different provinces and this was only one pro forum that we were able to convene under or during this reporting period on npo uh, the both the dm and the uh, acting dg in its opening did indicate the extent to which we were to close down and cut on some of the services and the npo is will appreciate honorable members is one of the services that is national we provide directly in terms of the registration of the npos and so forth so this is part of the work that suffers severely we in terms of our plans we want to make sure that we process about 98 percent of all new applications but it was only 33 percent that we were able to do in the reports that we we also receive as part of the monitoring work that we uh, for compliance purposes instead of uh, processing 80 percent it was only 57 percent and this is the result of the closure that we have to do but also you appreciate the fact that uh, most of this work is conducted by uh, uh, officials who are at lower levels and most of them don't have the adequate tools of trade and it requires them to be physically in the department so that they're able to log in into the system so these are some of the improvements that we are hoping to improve uh, going forward to make sure that they've got the tools of trade they could be able to work in wherever place they could so that we uh, in line with the protocols as uh, uh, warranted by the uh, 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 the national uh, white uh, the COVID-19. And also on the NPO's registration and information management, uh, we could not uh, be able to conduct our capacity building programs because of the restrictions and uh, we and the limitations. We could not as well on new development 
uh, finished the work that we had committed to do, which is about the custom of the youth development policy and engagements with the provincial counterparts as well could not happen, where we wanted to conduct an evaluation on the youth camp framework that we had developed. Also on community development practice, uh, the work that we had committed to do on the professionalization of community development was not developed because of the restrictions and this required us to uh, have engagement with various stakeholders so that we finalize this work. And also there were um, uh, no districts that were able to be consulted as well uh, during uh, this period on the uh, 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 the food and distribution nutrition security plan that we developed and we hoped uh, to finalize. However, on program five, there were some of the notable achievements. Uh, one, it relates to the policy brief that we were able to publish and develop on the ethics of in the time of coronavirus. And this were, were, was done by the Population Development Unit. And also on the registration, uh, 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 so that we are able to improve our NPO online system, we uh, were able to complete uh, the appointment of Votacom so that uh, it assists us in terms of enhancing our, our system. On NPO fundraising, uh, this we're able to meet as well fully this particular target. What is important to note uh, on our food and uh, distribution and poverty alleviation uh, uh, program that we have, uh, the DM did indicate that during the lockdown, we were inundated by the high demand uh, for food uh, as, as a country and as also as a, as a department. So if you look at our targets, we had planned only to distribute food only to about 250,000 uh, individuals and to only 100,000 uh, 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 households as, as, as our plan. But you can see that during the quarter, uh, the first quarter, the demand even far exceeds what we could have provided even in the next uh, three financial years. Because uh, instead of 250, we're able to provide food passage to about 3.5 million people. And also we're able to provide uh, food instead uh, to almost 900,000 uh, households. This was far exceeding the target of about 100,000. Uh, I think honorable chairperson, that's where it ends in terms of the performance information. And uh, through you, I will then uh, ask that my colleague, uh, the acting CFO, Fanny Esther and to take us through the financial information. Thank you, chairperson and uh, uh, honorable members. Uh, thank you, Mr. And good morning, honorable chairperson, honorable members. Uh, yes, the focus for the first quarter of the financial year for DSD was largely focusing on the paying of the, the increased grants in terms of the SRD, the 350, and also uh, the top-up grants, as well as we were procuring um, PPEs for all welfare facilities. So very much the spending uh, mainly um, for the first quarter is, was focused in that area. So the first quarter we spent uh, 43 billion, um, it's 20% uh, in terms of the actual spending. The next slide, <coughs> thank you. Who's uh, operating? Tabani? Can we go to the next slide, please? So, we all are aware of that uh, we've received additional funding in terms of the special adjusted estimate which was uh, tabled in cabinet in June. Um, there we just give an illustration of what was given additional to the department in the special adjusted estimates. 
Research grants essentially was a net effect of 40 billion that was received additional uh, for the 350 grant and the top up grants. Uh, there was some reprioritization uh, in terms of the April payment that was not done because we did it in March. Um, that expenditure um, is then reflected in the prior, prior financial year. So we actually had a saving of the 15 billion. So this was then repurposed as part of the um, the 350 grants, so the total increased allocation for our social grants came to 40 billion. The ECD conditional grant, there was also a repurposing of that. Um, we have delayed all in, if infrastructure um, developments in provinces in terms of ECD for a year. That was repurposed for the procurement of PPEs for all ECDs. Uh, the provinces are currently busy with that purpose. That was 64 million. And then we've uh, reprioritized an amount of 56 million uh, within our group of services and also compensation of employees. The first one being the appointment of 1,809 social workers for a period of three months. That's going to cost us 33 million. They were appointed on the 1st of June. And then we reallocated 23 million um, centralized um, for the procurement of PPEs for the National Department, the Welfare Facilities, and the CNBC. Next slide. <coughs> Next slide, please. There one could see basically the spending of the different uh, main programs in the department. Um, for the first quarter, we were, as I said, focusing on the procurement of PPEs and the spending of salaries in the first quarter. If we look at our economic classification, um, you can see the slight increase in our COE because of the uh, social workers we've appointed. And then the amount that's in goods and services, there was the increase there. There was a 9% spending or 10% spending because we're focusing on the procurement of PPEs. Next slide. So what we just want to illustrate on a monthly basis for the first quarter there, you could see for our compensation of employees, where we've appointed the social workers uh, in June, there was the increase of about three or almost four million in the in June for our COE. Um, in terms of goods and services, April we were still we were still in the procurement process or in terms of ordering uh, of PPE. We made a huge payment in, in uh, May of 20.4 million and also a slightly in, uh, amount there in, in June of 12.9 million. Next. So as I've mentioned, uh, we've appointed the social workers 1st of June at a cost of 6,000 rand per month. Our goods and services, uh, we uh, procured PPE for national DSD as also, as also the wealthy facilities. Um, just in terms of some um, requirements, the orders were awarded to level one triple B status, um, which of which 50% uh, was awarded uh, in terms of 100% women owned, which is, was one of the statements that the president uh, alerted to. Uh, then in social assistance, uh, you can go to the next slide. Next. There one could see the expenditure for the different grant types. 
And the, the major increase of that we received additional was on social relief of distress, where the 350 grant expenditures. Usually the allocation for SRD comes to about 400 million. Now an amount of 10 billion has been allocated. Of that, uh, we've disbursed 1 billion to date uh, in terms of that. Next slide. We wanted to illustrate what is the, where is the major increase in terms of additional allocations uh, for the different grant types. Uh, then one could see in terms of what we've spent for the first quarter for the different grant types, as well as the number of beneficiaries we've reached. Uh, and there one could see SRD is 1.1 billion, and we've reached 6 million beneficiaries in terms of the special SRD grant. Next one. Next slide. Hello. Thank you. So, yes, the, the spending on SRD, we wanted just to illustrate. Uh, now, go back one slide, please. The, the table that you saw that you see there is what we've reached in terms of the 350 grant. Um, obviously, in April, it was uh, still busy with the systems and everything. And then we started paying in May. So the SRD uh, was 6.1 million beneficiaries. And in June, we paid almost 7.1 million beneficiaries in terms of the SRD grant. There you could see the different uh, numbers of beneficiaries that we've reached. April, 17.9 million. 24.4 million and 25.4 million. So we just wanted to illustrate, and I'm sure um, the CEO of SASA can elaborate more in terms of this. Um, thank you, Chairperson. This is what we want to present to the portfolio in terms of our first quarter for financials. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. That brings us to the end of our presentation uh, on Q1. Thank you. Uh, do we have hands, honorable members? I can say for now, I have got three hands. That is honorable Stock, honorable Fanamelva, honorable Bridget Masango. Is that all, honorable members? Honorable Leticia Aris. Okay. The other one? Uh, uh, yeah. Can you press as, as well, Jen? She must press there. She must press there. She must press there. After Aris is Honorable Manganye. After Honorable Aris is Honorable Manganye. After Honorable Manganye is Honorable Abram. Can Honorable Sugar press the machine, please? Honorable Sugars, can you press the machine? Chair, there's only two reactions that I can make here with under reactions. The one no, it's okay. I, I will write you down under Honorable Abrams. It's all right. So those are the people we have, Honorable Members. Honorable Stock, Honorable Fandamewe, Honorable Masango. Honorable Aris, Honorable Manganye, Honorable Abrams, and then with my handwriting, Honorable Seggers. Can we proceed in that fashion? 
You know the standard time. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, let me first start by appreciating the presentation from the department. Uh, but I must indicate today it's a, it's not a, an easy day for all of us, I think, in the portfolio committee, uh, the department and everybody else, honorable members. It's a very emotional day today. We're all emotional. Uh, but I think we need to continue with the work uh, that is in front of us. Uh, uh, Honourable Chairperson, I think uh, I just wanted to uh, just make a follow-up on the unachieved targets based on the input uh, from the Deputy Minister and then also the presentation from the Department which was made by the Acting DG and also uh, Mr. Butile's Tabani. Uh, I just want to find out about the unachieved targets. What are the implications of those unachieved targets? Uh, I also want to find out the targets, if they are unachieved, what is going to happen? Do they die a natural death and then they are scrapped out of the books of the department or they are carried over uh, to the following quarter? What is going to happen there? And then also I would like to find out will the finances be, be available to implement them and carry them over to the following quarter? Like if you have unachieved, uh, we've got an unachieved target, uh, is the budget available to carry to the next uh, quarter and so forth, what is going to happen. So it will be important if they, they can just give us an indication as to what is happening. I also like to find out, uh, as, a, as my last point, how does the monitoring and evaluation and risk management tool used by the department assist in preventing targets from being carried over and also being unachieved? How does that tool of the department assist? Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Thanks. Uh, Honorable Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and, and thank you very much to the team for the presentation. Um, I think I would like to concur with the Honourable Stock. I think we would need to get a catch-up plan on the un unachieved targets so that we uh, better understand, like you said, whether it will fall away or whether it will be absorbed in the next quarters. Um, so maybe if we can get um, at a later stage a, a an a plan, a catch-up plan on, on these unachieved targets. I want to say that I think in terms of the entity oversight, um, the oversight framework, which is reported on and the progress in that regard, I think it's it's really welcomed. It's something that we've um, long been talking about in terms of strengthening the oversight and monitoring of the department over its entities. So it's good news to hear that the service provider has been identified. And I do hope that um, once the service provider is on board, that this committee will be taken through uh, the how this new oversight and monitoring mechanism will, will work. So that is just a, a comment from my side. I'm also pleased to hear that the uh, acting director general speaks about forging ahead in terms of the employment of social workers, those who have been trained by the state who have not been employed. I think uh, last time I checked, it was over 5,000 social workers who are sitting at home. So I would like to know when he speaks about the forging ahead in terms of plans, that he also provides us an update in terms of the discussions between themselves and other departments in terms of absorbing these social workers. With regard to the drug master plan, which uh, is one of the successes, I would just like to remind the committee uh, and the department that in our last interaction on the drug master plan, that we spoke about the need to get proper information in terms of our um, 
our capacity in terms of treatment centers. For example, do we have enough treatment centers in all the provinces? How many beds does that translate to? And then, uh, you know, vis-a-vis the, the need for those uh, beds. For example, are all those centers currently full, et cetera? So we would really like to get that information at the later stage. Um, one of the targets that were not achieved is the implementation plan to conduct education uh, uh, on anti-gangsterism. And again, I would like to say that once that um, is, is back on the table, that I think this committee would like a better understanding of what is in those education programs. Um, because like we've expressed before, that we're not, not sure if it has the desired effect on communities. And then lastly, we, um, my last question would be on the, the slide with regards to MPOs. Um, and I would like to get an update um, on the issue that I raised last, last week, Chairperson, about the non-payments of shelters and other NGOs in the Eastern Cape and other provinces. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thanks, Liz. Honorable Masango. Thank you, Chair. Um, my questions um, are on the capacity at, at, at the department, because one understands fully the, the reason why the, some of the targets were not met, because obviously there had to be some capacity constraints. And now that we are at level two, I just want to understand if this is affecting the uh, positively, that is, the capacity levels in, in the department and its agencies. For example, the SASA is at some stage operated at one third capacity, as it was uh, announced. Uh, has that changed with the levels of, of uh, lockdown changing and to what extent has that happened if it has. And also I would like to find out from, there was a slide that was talking about the suspension of some services. One can just single out things like your, the suspension of the cooperatives and, and all those things where those interventions are, have actually a direct um, impact on the livelihoods of people that were, that are benefiting from them. Uh, when are those uh, suspensions going to be lifted if they have not been lifted? And also, uh, the 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 uh, COVID nineteen uh, lockdown will have. It has been said through research and other information. It will have a huge. Um, uh, aftermath, if you like, in terms of it being very, very uh, felt uh, in the social uh, services uh, sector, what are the plans or, of capacitating this, the, the department and the sector to actually deal with the aftermath of the COVID-19 lockdown? Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Honorable Masango. Uh, Honorable Aris. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Chair, um, mine is asked, uh, where's the EFF? We think that um, the Department of Social Development is playing a key, key role during this um, pandemic. And the underspending of some of the programs are really worrisome, specifically those ones with um, that could have been done on the virtual platform, like your workshops for training and uh, 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 workshops. <clears throat> However, um, Chair, mine is just then the other thing that I would like to find out 
The department did send us a presentation before they did send us yesterday a presentation again. And in that first presentation they sent us, they indicate um, that they have 5,000 volunteers, but in the presentation that they did do today for us, they indicate 2,000 uh, volunteers. I just want to find out what is the real figure uh, of these NDA uh, volunteers and what will the role of these uh, volunteers be? And then in terms of uh, the closure of NPO registration, if this service was, was, was not rendered, I want to find out um, uh, how is it possible that newly MPOs that would receive um, funding from DSD during this COVID-19 time, how could they then be registered? And then I have also noted on slide five that the department is talking about a knock and drop food parcel uh, service. Uh, to me, to my understanding in George, I didn't see um, that service happened. And then I also would like to find out how many social workers is needed uh, uh, in the country as the department have indicated that they have 1,809 social services. Our social workers uh, uh, will be appointed for three months. And then yes, Honorable Stop did speak about the achievement of the targets and if you can provide us just a report on, on the targets that was not achieved. And then in terms of program three, the training for the anti-fraud uh, was not met. But again, it goes back, we talk about fourth industrial revolution, why can't that uh, 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 training not happen via the, the virtual platform? And then I would also would like to find out what was the amount spent for PPEs on the CDNCs, the ECDs and social development offices. Yes, I think that's it. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Did you hear me, Chair? Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm finished. Thank you very much, as usual. As usual. Uh, after Honorable Ellis is uh, Honorable Abrams. Um, th thank you, Chairperson, and thank you to the Department for the presentation. Um, Chairperson, I just would like to uh, um, add on to what Member Aris asked about the NDA volunteers, and if the NDA CEO can maybe just give us some insight into what the numbers are of the volunteers and the CSOs um, involved in this, because um, in a question that I've also asked, I also got a different um, explanation in that the NDA volunteers are in phases, phase one and phase two. And then furthermore, that initially we were going to have um, 200 um, CSOs managing um, these volunteers, but we've only been presented with 47 um, CSOs. So maybe if the NDA can maybe just um, clarify those figures for us in detail. And then Chairperson, I would also like to find out on the NPO um, registration going forward, what is the department's plan to catch up on this backlog 
of NPO registrations? Um, are we looking at um, extend over time um, to play catch up? You know, what what's the plan to address that? Because NPOs play a critical um, role in social welfare sphere. And then just lastly, uh, Chairperson, going forward, the, the policy work that can take place on virtual platforms. And I would like the department to maybe elaborate, can these policy work, the strategy discussions, the development um, of frameworks, et cetera, going forward, can it take place on virtual platforms like Zoom, which do um, accommodate breakaway rooms, et cetera, because it will also save us, will save the department a lot of money in S&T spending, a lot of money in venue hire um, going forward. And if it is a possibility, um, you know, if, if, they, if they're looking into that. Thank you. Or, or alternatively, if it's not a possibility, you know, are we going to then convene and have mass gatherings um, going forward? Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Manganya. Uh, Chairperson Oliver Manganya is experiencing some technical glitch. Uh, the system kicked her out. She's trying to log in again. Honorable Seika. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Chair, I just have two questions, really. My um, first question really goes back to um, last quarter when the, um, the department was also. Uh, <coughs> We asked the question, how much did the um, legal cost, how much did the legal cost amount to um, that the department had to spend against court cases? The department has failed to answer that question. And so if the department can please answer that question now in this committee. And um, secondly, just the biggest problem that we're currently having that I just want to alert the department to is the capacity on the ground. We are sitting with, um, um, people that are coming to uh, report on issues to do with um, um, applications for foster care. There are people that are, have been waiting for two years for any application in terms of adoption and um, to be processed. And I just need the department to give us um, an idea of how does the department assist uh, specifically parents that are doing adoptions? Um, and I'm asking this uh, specifically because of the number of uh, problems that we've had with people that have got children in their, um, in their care um, and um, that are unable to process any kind of application because social workers are not in those offices. So it is about the capacity of the department to deliver on its core mandate, specifically when it comes to the safety of children. I know the, DD, the um, ADG was talking about how, uh, how they will get more social workers. This committee has um, requested that the department look into using um, faith-based organizations where you have qualified um, pastors or qualified spiritual leaders. Um, and do we have such a plan in place so that we just increase the capacity to respond specifically to child safety? We have a very big problem in our areas that has come to our attention with children being abused, children um, um, receiving grants, but the kids are um, not being looked after either by the parents or where they have placed been placed in foster care. The capacity of the department is a huge concern and they need to look at that 
and you can do it without um, costing you an arm and a leg. So if the department can please respond to that. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Seker. Honorable Mangani has she found a way. Uh, not in yet, Chaperson. Uh, according to my list, the only person left is Bilanguru's question, which I'm going to read now. Uh, well, Bilangulu has got the following questions, uh, ATG, to raise. She says, on the progress made to meet with the North Houghton High Court order on the backlog in the foster care system, that's the heading. What have been the engagement with stakeholders, particularly with the Center for Child Law, on the implications of lockdown on compliance with the with the not with the with the order? Has the department through provinces engaged some of the children's courts that did not extend 159 foster care under uh, order during the lockdown? What were the were the outcomes of these engagements? Could this have had a direct impact on the search of the outstanding cases? There seems, that's number three, there seems, in number three, there seems to be search in the process of outstanding orders in some of the provinces. What major persistent challenges confronted these provinces from decreasing the backlog on processing these orders? On the first term, quarter report on the financial and non-financial performance. Uh, only 19% of the actual budget was spent in this quarter. What are the what are the implications of this on the spending of the department in the upcoming months? Uh, that is what Honorable Kate is raising. Now I am coming to the chairperson's uh, observation. Uh, AGG, I hope you're still there. Uh, yes, I'm here. Yes. Yes. Uh, having gone through your your report, what really is worrying me, ATG, is that again we're still not helpful in as far as this concept of targets vis-a-vis -vis the new approach we're trying to attack, take on results-based management. Because Results-based management requires that there be a narrative. For instance, if you go to program, each program has got its narrative. Up front, the program would have said, these are the results we want to produce in this court, in this, under this program, which will have an impact on that particular area. This is how far we've gone and then find expression in targets. Because that target one and target two for the portfolio committee doesn't mean anything with due respect. Uh, so to me, it seems as if we are struggling to find one another on this. Because every program, there must be a narrative. And we've discussed this thing 2019 and this year. We are saying your intervention in each area is about making a difference somewhere. I accept program one. Program one is how you organize yourself to make that impact. But when you go to program two, that is where you are impacting on the lives of people 
on the payments and all those kind of things. When you go to program three, you are dealing with what you refer to as a social security policy development. The social security policy development is, is responding to a particular problem. And that problem is what the committee is always going to be interested in. Because what time you take to develop each policy depends whether that time makes sense or not. Depends on the nature of the problem you are responding to. Let me give you an example in the security something. When you say social security policy development, plan the consultations. Those consultations is not the important thing. What is important is why do you want to link child support grant beneficiaries to government services? And that linkage, what is it responding to? What is the problem that you want to correct there? Unless there's a narrative around that problem, Whatever policy then you say you want to develop, whatever time you take to develop that policy, depends what its relevance and timelessness depend on the nature of that problem. Is that problem getting worse? Is the time you take to develop that policy making sense depending on the depth and the level of that problem? We are, we are talking to the situation of our people on the ground. Policy is an internal issue, but the key thing, what are, you, what are you responding to? What makes it difficult, ADJ, to evaluate your policy is the absence and the clear narrative on that which it is responding to, right? Now, because I, I read here and I'm convinced we are not ready to do what we're supposed to do. For instance, I have got a funny, I'll tell you, ATG, I've got a funny presentation which was loaded on my on my on my on my iPad. Program one has come twice. And program one 2020 has come twice and saying different things. Program one one says on the integration of management system technology of uh, systems and technology it says no formal consultation were held with the provincial departments on the implementation of this thing and then uh, nothing is said on program one or two i don't know what to call that if you come to program one one uh, i'm saying the first program one Program one, it says human capital management consultation with all the units within the department on the draft sector human resource plan could not be concluded within the quarter. But if you go to the other program one, it says internal consultations were conducted and the concept document was developed as part of developing the, the, the ISTM. You go to the other program one, it says monitoring and evaluation. Consultations on the monitoring evaluations framework were not held as the framework is dependent on the approval of the MNE policy, which is not yet approved. That's a major, major, major question. I'm going to come back to that. And if you come to your other program, what it says about MNE, I think I've lost this thing now. But what I can tell you, there's where it says a document or strategy adopted 
All I'm saying, I don't know why did we, I, I find myself dealing with two program ones in one presentation and saying different things. But here's the major issue, DJ. If you have not developed MNE, because let, let me put it this way, program one is a major, major, major program for readiness to do your work in a credible and a reliable way. Because program one speaks about integration of systems. It talks about human capital management. In other words, these are the tools you are going to use to make, to implement these things that you are going to implement. M&A are the eyes and ears you are going to have to check what, whether what you are doing is making a difference or not. Because M&A ensures that everything you committed to implement, you know the endpoint. M&A ensures that you've got to tool on an ongoing basis to manage that. But if in this situation you don't have M&E, because in a nutshell, what you are saying here, you don't have an M&E framework. And you say you have not developed a, 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 what to call a policy. The biggest question now is that, how are you measuring your performance as you do all this? For instance, entity, entity oversight, you are saying, as part of reviewing the DSD entity governance and oversight framework, we finalize the terms of reference appointment of the service provider. <laughs> but what is interesting, your entities, which is SASA and the uh, NGA, are working since 2019, but we're still talking about frameworks here. That, to me, on its own, is a big, big, big problem, ATG. Because it says we are throwing monies in the dark. I'm making it worse so that when you respond, you must clarify why should I not think like this. So if you go to other programs, there's a number of things that you guys say you have not done because of COVID. And I think there's an honorable member who spoke about this. I don't know whether it's Abrams or honorable Storm or whoever else. Consultations, workshops, a lot of these things that have not taken place the greater part of them can take place under virtual. It would be nice when you come back, every area where you say it could not take place because of lockdown, you explain in specific why can that thing take place in the lockdown. Of course, there's one where you say you need face-to-face. -face. Uh, there's also face-to-face -face in what to call in virtual. The point I'm making is that we, I want us to make sure that we separate milligrains or, or samp grains from chaff. If you were in the rural area where I come from, we hit the millis. When there's chaff, we separate the chaff and we deal with the sand. I want us to make sure that going forward in the second quarter, we know the difference between the samp and the chaff. These are my concerns. Come in, AGG, your team. Thank you very much, Chairperson, and thank you to the members for the questions raised um, this morning. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to figure out what's happening. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I will. I will respond to one or two of the areas, but I will first ask Peter to respond to the issues. Maybe of the sorry, 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 ADG. 
I do not see a, a first quarter report of NDA here unless I've missed it. Because program two seems to be dealing. I don't know whether in program two it is it is a it is SASA in a form of program as an entity. I don't I, I don't see those two entities separately reporting on the first quarter. And I thought that's the arrangement we agreed upon last year. Thank you. Thanks, Chair. I think the invitation uh, uh, to to us. Um, just trying to see if I can find it quickly. Um, uh, was speaking more about um, the first quarter report of the department as opposed to uh, that of the agencies. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I will I will verify that. Uh, but I think that's can I, can uh, we correct can we can we can we correct that? I think let's clean up before we start ADG. We may not be having an, an we're supposed to have the shortest meeting today. But I think certain things must be clear. When you ask the department to give quarter report, those entities are entities that report to the department. If you say the department must bring a first quarter report, the entire area where we give you budget, including your entities, it means one report on all those things. I'm sure you will agree with me on that. Proceed. Mm. Thank you, Chair. Um, so, so perhaps uh, to go with your guidance, uh, we are often guided by the the uh, the, the letter of the invitation. Uh, but um, uh, perhaps if we could, so maybe if I'm hearing the chair correctly, any time we get a request from the committee to present on a quarter report, uh, is the chair suggesting that it includes both the agencies as well? So in terms of the letter of the invitation, uh, if it doesn't include the agency, should we also just make sure that it's inclusive of the agencies? <laughs> I don't like this dialogue, ADG. Let me tell you, I was suggesting that if when we ask you for quota reports, we were silent on these entities, you are not going to report about them. When, whilst when we approve the budget, we improve it, or approve it for everything. Remember, we discussed this way, this thing, by the way. And we said it must be corrected because it appeared as a tradition before. And, and I think I don't want us to go deep into this discussion because it suggests that if we can forget to write you a letter, we're going to write you a letter to report quarterly to the parliament, you're not going to do it. All I'm saying, let's not get into this debate. My understanding is that when we want a quarter report from the department, we want a quarter report including all the state organs that are budgeted for where the state is spending resources. Can, can we can we leave it in that way? Okay, thank you very much, Chair. Thanks, thanks for that. Okay. Um, Do we find this other? 100%, Chair. Thank you very Amanda, much. Amanda, Amanda. Thanks, Chair. Uh, so let me ask Peter to respond to the issues of um, NPO registrations as well as the, uh, the food parcels related matters. Then I'll ask Fanny to respond on the issues of finance, uh, particularly the, the payments of um, uh, what we spent in terms of uh, PPE payments, what we spent in terms of PPE payments. And then, uh, Chair, with your guidance, can we park the questions on foster care to when we present on the foster care uh, no, no, presentation? That, that, that is fine. And then no, we... no, that is okay. It's all right. Thank you. Okay. And then um, I'll ask the, in, the CEO of SASA, the CEO of NDA, and then uh, Tabani and myself will come in. Let's start in that. Peter, funny. Okay. All right. No, th thanks very much, uh, 
Chairperson and uh, honorable members, um, uh, I there were three questions that I need to respond to uh, with regard to the NPO registration. Um, I think honorable members, um, Eris, uh, Abram, and Panamev uh, have asked about that. The, the, indeed, we we experienced uh, uh, problems with the NPO registration. Um, the as you are aware, members, that all NPOs in the country or any organization that wants to be a legal entity has to apply to the Department uh, of Social Development to be registered as an NGO, whether you deal with um, agriculture, all NPOs in the country, in terms of the NPO Act 71 of 1997. When we, uh, during the, the lockdown, uh, when we, in the first 21 days, what we did was to ask all organizations, we did, I think, a media uh, statement and, and, and send out that all NGOs must apply using the online system, which is available, which was there, so that they can apply. But also, I think due to um, the, the, the COVID, there's have been a lot of disturbances because they we, we only not register. We also receive reports uh, for the NPOs that are supposed to send. We also provide customer service, which is a service that NPOs come and queue here every day. There's a queue, long queue, but during lockdown we we were closed, meaning that we um, the services were not rendered at the level which is supposed to be rendered. It was just only online. We um, have experienced a lot of challenges because a lot of NPOs will call that we send on the online system is not working. Indeed, yes, there's a lot of disturbances that we have seen. We even have, we, we are counting on the radar in terms of how many, because the law requires us to register an organization as an NPO within two months of application. As we stand now, we just have under 3,000 NPOs that are hanging there, that are still um, not registered, but that not has gone through over two months. We were registering NPOs uh, within two weeks. Throughout the year, we, uh, yes, we have bettered our system. Within two weeks, you get your certificate, unless you have got some queries you left to write things, that will go on and on to you to ask, then you will have a problem. But a normal NPO is, is in within two, it was within two weeks. Now we have gone back into, we are spending a month to register an NPO. For those that have got queries or that have got incomplete applications, we have gone back to uh, two months applications. The plan that we have put in place is to uh, as staff, we haven't, under level three, we were closed. Under level two, we, 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 we are just busy preparing the site here at the office so that people could come, but limited people should come to limit the distancing because that customer, they sit on the bench. So like in the bank, like any or post office, we have just limited that. We are busy dealing with that so that the, the, we can start our, start our customer service we have, uh, that's number one. Number two, 
We also reallocated people to deal with the issues of um, rotate them. Take some more staff from other area to one area to make sure that they are registered in time. Thirdly, we we will have to do an overtime so that people can work every day, uh, Monday to Monday. Um, they when they knock off at four, we extend up to uh, eight, 20 hours so that we can catch up. We need not have any backlog. A backlog is someone who has been waiting for more than our initial performance of two weeks. Is That's how we define it. So the plan is to reallocate more staff and to do overtime and catch, so that we can catch up and reduce that backlog of 3,000 plus uh, on the system. Um, the second question was, uh, the issue of the payment of the NPOs that are rendering services throughout the province. You know, this pro- uh, these payments takes place in provinces. Our role is to monitor how they are being paid. Immediately, we, we, we entered the lockdown. In April, we issued a directive that we think that they must pay the NGOs because if they don't pay, the electricity will be paid, will be closed. The ECD um, uh, uh, teachers will be, um, uh, we will not get the pay. And as NPOs, they live from hand to mouth. So we uh, issued a directive to provinces. We also issued a directive and said that uh, they need to extend the SLAA of 1920 financial year to cover the first two quarters of 2020-2021 so that they are able to pay. We also spoke to the AG that um, we need to pay a certain amount to those NPOs. In the first quarters, all provinces uh, heed the call and paid, except the Eastern Cape that we have a problem with. Second quarter payments, as we monitor and provide uh, 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 support to provinces to ensure that they do the work. Uh, most of the provinces has already paid. I, I can read, I want to read for you. Um, the KZN on the second quarter payment, they are at 74.25. Uh, that is last week. We will be able to get a report this Friday. Sorry, Peter. Chris, Sorry, Peter. Payment of? Of subsidies to non-profit organization rendering okay. services, uh, right. social, social okay. services. All right. Yes. We, first state, we, uh, we is at 92%. Uh, they are left with only 127. That's of last week. We will, we will still get, we're getting progress report with the provinces every week. The ADG wrote, we met as a department, the minister uh, uh, organized Minimac to deal with this issue, this because the thorny issue. Uh, ADG organized HSDS, which we meet on a weekly basis. We discussed it. What are the challenges? I will tell you the challenges when I finish. The Northern Cape, they've paid all the NPOs. They're not so much. The Western Cape, they are at 98%. Only 47 NPOs were not paid. Limpopo paid 88% of their NPOs, or they are left with 354. Eastern Cape is the problem. They didn't pay first quarter. Uh, they, 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 they are at 30%. Um, and, and, and 
Over 2.4 NPOs are not yet paid. There are some challenges that I'm going to relate to you. And then um, in Pumalanga, uh, they are at 88. Pumalanga, they, they were at uh, second quarter, they were at 2%, and they were at um, 2%. Now, the challenges that the province have reported to us, sorry, Mpumalanga is at 20% paid. They are left with 1,954 NPOs to be paid. Challenges are related to these payments are as follows. When we locked down, staff were not going to work. And for the NPOs to get to be paid, staff at a district level, at a province level, need to process the payments. So they were not processed. Secondly, in one province of um, uh, Eastern Cape, the most that we have got a challenge with, in January, February, I think staff, we were told staff went tools down. They were not working. And they implemented a new system which needed uh, which is labor intensive that needed staff to deal with. And I think all this, I think one of the honorable members have mentioned that I think the capacity at the local level is lower. And I think those are the things that the province were experiencing. There's been some challenges that have been raised with regard to the provinces uh, not paying all the money. Yes, some money were not paid in the first quarter, not all, because of the AG's issue, you don't pay some of the things they paid, administration fees for them to pay to, to deal because they were not rendering services. But for the second quarter, they are paying all amount, no percentage of the amount that they were uh, supposed to be paid were paid. In Eastern Cape, what we are dealing with also is the support and also ensuring that staff must come to work. And uh, they are at 30% and we're hoping that our support and our interventions in Eastern Cape and the Northwest will be able to, to deliver, make sure that the, the services are delivered accordingly. The last question that was asked is about the knock and drop. Uh, the honorable member says, I don't know what a knock and drop is. Now, what we are saying here, the knock and drop is a term. Hello? Uh, yeah, the, I, I didn't know. say I don't know what's not been dropped, please. Uh, 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 who's speaking now? Uh, uh, honorable Wait, Peter. Wait, Peter. Who's speaking now? Sorry, Chase, it's me. Like, honorable uh, what were you I saying? I don't know what's knocking drop. I know what's not. What I say is that I haven't seen any knocking drops in George. That is what I was saying. No, no, no. Fine, it's okay. And Peter, uh, thank, thanks. Uh, Peter, you can't say you don't know knock and drop. Yeah, no. Honorable Aris, say... are you, are you re... Honorable Aris, are you, are you referring to food puzzle? Yes, yes, Chief. Yeah, but then Peter can't say she, he doesn't know that. Proceed, maybe, Proceed Peter. Maybe, maybe, okay. Um, okay, no, no, I, let me uh, apologize. Yes. Let me apologize, uh, Honorable Chair, and to Honorable Aries. Um, she, 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 she's specific in terms of saying she didn't see knock and drop in, in George. What we will do is we will investigate the matter with the Western Cape uh, Provincial Department, 
because we requested all provinces to um, to issue food using their CNDC, uh, delivering food to the household. So what we will do, Chairperson uh, and uh, Honorable Eris, we will investigate with Western Cape um, how they were delivering food in, in, in George. And I think the report will be provided. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Chair. Um, um, maybe just to... Um, Maybe just to add, there are some areas, uh, and it is correct that uh, we've asked the provinces to do such, uh, and we'll indeed check up on uh, on that with, the, with, with 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 regards to the Western Cape and come back to the honourable member. I know there are some uh, areas where uh, the deliveries were slightly slow uh, because of numerous challenges, but we'll check that out. Um, and also just to perhaps indicate that the CNDCs are not necessarily in every single uh, town. Uh, but they are in in various in various parts. Uh, I think we try and cover most districts, uh, most if not all districts. So at some at some stages they may not necessarily get to some of the places. Chair, let me ask uh, Brenda to quickly respond to the other question by Honourable Aris uh, uh, on the inspectorate, uh, and then I will ask uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Fanny to respond to the other areas, and then Kumbula to respond on the HR issues and the ICTS issues. Brenda. Thank you, ADG. Um, good morning, honorable members. Good morning, uh, honorable chairperson. The, the questions that were asked about the, the inspector, the question was asked by honorable Aris regarding why we did not um, do the, the, consult the training, the anti-fraud training uh, using verbal um, virtual means. The, and this question applies also to other work that we were meant to do um, where we needed to do consultations. Unfortunately, honorable member, the, the challenge that we face is that although we ourselves would have the tools to be able to do virtual uh, meetings to, to uh, invite people, the challenge is the stakeholders that we need to engage with do not necessarily have the tools themselves. Uh, for example, when we needed to do the training, that training was intended to happen with uh, SASA officials. And some of those SASA officials are, level, are at level five and six, and those sorts of levels, and during the lockdown period, uh, level five and four, they would not have even been going to the offices. They would, did not have computers and access to data for us to be able to engage with them using virtual means. So that was one of the challenges. Similarly with other, uh, uh, for example, the linking uh, program that we wanted to do, the, the consultations on the policy on linking grant beneficiaries. The sort of stakeholders we wanted to engage with there are civil society organizations and, and individual uh, people in the community. And those needed to be organized uh, to come together in places so that we'll be able to have the consultations with them. If they don't have data and they don't have computers or laptops and those sorts of things, it means we, we can render the service, but they would not be able to access it. So we need to find other ways of doing that. One of the things that we are doing now is exploring the possibility of putting our documents on the on the departmental website and allowing people to send in comments. Of course, even that one means we will not get the amount of um, response that we would like to get, but we will be looking at those sorts of ways of providing the material and the policy documents that we want to put the comment on, on our website and allowing people to provide that. But that means some of the people who would not have those tools of trade, so to speak, would not be able to participate and we need to look at other ways of ensuring that we still bring them in. 
So this applies. And in terms of the other question that was asked by Honorable Stock around what's going to happen to those uh, targets that were not achieved, uh, I'm pleased to say that a lot of them we are making progress in, especially particularly in respect to to the program three work around uh, the fundraising deal. It has already been approved, although it was it was meant to have gone to, to Parliament in the last quarter. Uh, now that there, were, there was a delay in cabinet itself not sitting during level five. Therefore, that's why it didn't get approved there to come to parliament. But now that it's been approved, we'll be making it way through to parliament to be considered. So we are continuing with the work that we are catching up in a way with the work that we couldn't do during level five and four. Now that the levels have, have, have loosened, it's easier to continue with some of that work and it's continuing. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Can I ask Fanny to quickly respond on the issues of PPEs? Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Um, so in terms of what Honorable Stock asked, in terms of the procurement of PPEs, um, there were four different areas. One of them I mentioned was the, the one for the ECDs. The 64 million is still not yet expenditure, but it's allocated to provinces as part of the conditional grant that the uh, provincial DSD will, will procure for all PPEs for ECDs to get them ready to open. Um, the welfare facilities one, uh, we've done those procurements in, in April uh, and May. The total expenditure that we've incurred, which was already procured, delivered and everything, uh, was 18.7 million in total for all our facilities in the country. The CNDCs ones, the orders are out. Um, the total expenditure that will be incurred is 3.6 million. That will be paid by national. And then for the national office, uh, in terms of our officials in the department, uh, was for the procurement of uh, masks, um, sanitizers. We also um, extended the contract and cleaning in terms of sanitizing the building on a quarterly basis. But also if there is a COVID uh, case that we sanitize the building immediately, so our total expenditure there um, to date is 2.8 million. So in total, what we've paid so far is, is around about 21 million. Um, and then the 3.6 for the CNDCs will come, but the 64 remains as part of the conditional ground expenditure. Um, that's what we've occurred so far. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, Fanny. Can I ask Mula to respond on the issues on the IMST and the uh, HR plans? or HCM matters rather. Thank you, DG. Thank you, Chair. Firstly, uh, let me concede that the way it is phrased is somewhat confusing. There are actually two targets there. The first, the first target was, to, was the service delivery model. The second target is the, is the sector HR plan. Let me start with the with the last one. We've got the draft sector uh, HR plan. This uh, sector HR plan was developed uh, and uh, it was consulted uh, with the provinces in February. The sector HR plan talks to two things. The number of people in the sector that you employ or employees in the sector. And the second issue there uh, is the issue of skills and competencies within the sector. Now, once we introduce the, the draft sector plan, 
we then had to go back to the provinces uh, to look at the gaps uh, in the document that we had developed. This is the meeting that is going to happen, and this is the meeting that is uh, still going to happen. It did not happen because of the of the lockdown, right? But we are initiating a process to actually uh, resolve that problem. Then uh, on the service delivery model, the service delivery model uh, has actually been developed. It was consulted within the within the department. All the chief directories were, were, were consulted except three. And that process is ongoing and we are going to, uh, to finalize that process. Now, I take the point uh, from the chair that uh, we should have done this uh, via a virtual. Now, during lockdown, it was not possible, but it is possible now, and we will continue to do it. In fact, we've had to uh, review our, well, to move our tag, our dates uh, for, the, for the finalization of the consultation process. And we are, we are quite confident that that process is going to be uh, finalized. Uh, on the on the ICT issues, essentially what we've done here, we've dealt with the elements of the ICT, like the issue of, uh, uh, well, firstly, let me say, we've dealt with the certain elements of the sector ITC uh, strategy. But of course, we've been frustrated by funding as well as the availability of, uh, of the provinces on this issue. However, uh, there were issues of consolidations of, uh, of, uh, uh, of, of, of systems, right, within the, within the department, and that work has been done. But that work is, uh, is, is, is ongoing, it has not been finalized. Uh, I, I hope I'm clarifying this, uh, this method. Can, just, then, can you just repeat this IT thing? I, I'm trying to follow you. Uh, the, the IT thing, the, 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 it's just the integration of systems within uh, uh, IT, IT systems, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, way, at, at what stage is it? Yeah, what, what I'm saying is that uh, the systems were not talking to each other. Right, so there are two problems. There's a departmental problem, and then there's a sector problem. Uh, at the level of the department, with uh, silo systems that were not talking to each other, and five of these systems have actually been integrated now, and they now speak to each other. But our task was not necessarily to look at the department. We had to look at the entire, the entire sector. Now that process, has not been concluded. There are two problems that have frustrated us. One is the budget, but secondly is the availability of the of the provinces for us to actually finalize this process. Just a second, AGG. Is this who's speaking? Is it Ndaba? Yes. Uh, when you say sector. You say yes. sector within. We say sector within government because when you say just province and, and the department, it appears as just prov. It's just the it's just government. Can you clarify that? 
no, no, no. We, 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 when when sector, we are, we are we are actually inclusive of the of the provinces. In other words, we are broadening it. But when we are talking about the department, we are specific to to the national department. But the the broader sector outside government is not involved. It's the social development sector. Okay, which Proceed. includes the province. Yeah, it's a social development sector which includes the provinces. Let me, sorry for interrupting you, Ndaba, because you're explaining very important things. Yes. When my, my, my school, when we talk about sector, it's not just government. It's the entire sector that deals with issues of social development, whether it's government or not government. When you say, when you want to exclusive government, is government integrated system, including provinces and, and national. That's why concepts are going to be very important when you articulate this. Well, let me concede, uh, your, your, your understanding is correct, uh, Chair. That's, that's basically what we mean. We're talking about the, 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 the integrated government systems, right? Oh, okay. Saying they were not talking to each other. Okay. They were not. They were not talking to each other. So we had to look at that, right, and 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 find a way of making them talk to each other. So All right. That consultation. So that consultation process is outstanding. Uh, there were there are also funding funding issues. That, that you, you see, different provinces uh, use different systems. Right? And these systems are not talking to each other. And that, that is really the issue here. And we have to find a, a, a systems that are going to talk to each other, right? So that we, because, and, 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 and it's a legacy issue. It's a legacy issue. Uh, and that is why you need to have an okay. agreed. Okay, uh, proceed. You have explained that. I think I hear you. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, I, I think I've clarified the integrated service delivery model. Uh, the integrated service delivery model issue, as I have explained, that work has been done. And we are doing that work, uh, and we've consulted quite a number of chief directorates within the department, except three. Now, they are, now that work is going to continue. We could not uh, finalize it during the during the lockdown. Now, the last one that I explained was the uh, sector uh, the, the sector HR plan. Now, what we did was to develop firstly the draft uh, sector HR plan. The sector HR plan talks to two things. The first thing it talks to the numbers. My apology, you employ? My, my apology, my apology, Ndaba, you did explain that. Oh, you started right. with the draft okay. and you said, number, you said numbers and skills. And you went to the service delivery model and say it has been consulted. You went to the integrated, yes. uh, what to call and explain the challenges there. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm avoiding you going back to what you did, you, you explained. Oh, then, then it's enough, uh, Chairperson. Then I'm done. Uh, then so, I'm done. I, 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 sorry, MNE framework does not fall under you. No. Okay. All right. 
we, we will respond to that one shortly, uh, Chairperson. Okay. Um, Pam, right. let me just ask the two CEOs, uh, starting with the CEO of Sasa, um, and then the CEO of NDA. The CEO of Sasa, I think the question is around uh, the number of staff and the full staff complements, et cetera, and where are we now? I'll respond in terms of the department, and then the NDA and the volunteers. CEO of Sasa. Uh, uh, good afternoon, honorable members. Uh, good afternoon, chair and colleagues. Uh, on the issue that is raised by honorable uh, Masango on what staffing levels are we operating under in Sasa? I, I want to... Sorry, Toji. Sorry, Toji. Uh, I am being... There's a complaint that... Because this is a public meeting. The speakers are on the platform. Please switch on your camera. I'm, I'm trying to do that, Chair. I'm trying to, to switch on the camera and, ba and battling with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, let me do that. She, I'm, I'm battling, Chair. Unless, Tamo, can you come in first whilst I, and I, I switch on my camera? Uh, proceed, Tosi. We cannot stop because the camera is not... So people must help you whilst you're presenting. Let's proceed. Okay, thank, thanks, Chair. Uh, it's just to indicate that because the infections, uh, ma'am, continue to happen in all our different environments, hence we see also the number of deaths that we've experienced, particularly at Sasa. When you look at uh, us as a portfolio as a whole, 50% uh, of the deaths have actually happened in Sasa. So we need to continue, especially at operational level, which is in the branches, to ensure that uh, the people that are at work this week are not at work next week so that they don't contaminate uh, each other to make sure that we, we continue to manage the, the spread of the virus. So we're currently operating at 50% capacity at the, at, the, um, at the operational level, which basically is in the branches to make sure that we continue to manage that. So that, that, that's the response, ma'am. We, we do wish that we could bring everybody back, but if we do, it means we may end up actually without anybody because it therefore means that people would continue to infect each other. Thanks, ma'am. Thank you, Chair. Thanks. Uh, CEO of NDA? Uh, thanks, DG. Uh, okay. Thank you, DG. Uh, good, uh, good day, uh, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee and Honourable Members, colleagues. Mine is to respond on two uh, areas around volunteer in the main by Member Abram. Uh, the volunteer program had two phases. The first phase was the one when we were at level five lockdown, where we, we partnered with 52 civil society organizations in the main that are CNDCs for social development. And we contracted those civil society organizations, contracted 200 volunteers in the first phase. And in doing so, we were making sure that their job opportunities are not compromised entirely in the uh, sector as uh, the CSOs and cooperatives were totally affected by the level five and to ensure that people continue to receive food because these people were the beneficiaries that had been accessing hot meals in these CNDCs. Uh, we, no, no, pardon me. CSOs are 52 and volunteers in, in phase one were 580. That was in, in level five in the main April. 
Then in level two or phase two, we have 200 civil society organization in the main, those in the CNDCs for social development. And we contracted 2000 volunteers. That is phase two. The budget for phase one was 1.8 million. The budget covers the 5,000 for the CSO to do administration work. The, the, the rest of the budget goes to uh, volunteer stipends and the procurement of the PPEs. Phase two, we had set aside 32 million to take care of the 5,000 of the civil society organization that we had contracted on the volunteer stipends, including the PPEs for the period of six months. And uh, in terms of their roles and their responsibilities, were to continue the knock and drop of food uh, to those uh, beneficiary households, to assist with the Q management during SASA paydays, and um, to ensure that there is um, a grant application for relief grants where people were supported to apply because we had identified a gap in rural areas where they were not able to access uh, such a service. So they would be supported by the volunteers. Thirdly, they were doing advocacy education on COVID-19 by distribution of brochures that were uh, produced by Department of Health, having to translate them in their own CSOs so that it's translated in their local languages. And third and, and, and fourth and last, they continue to collect data that will assist us to evaluate uh, through our unit on uh, research at, at NDA to evaluate the impact of the COVID, post-COVID and during COVID because we have since partnered with DSD and HSRC to start the process of evaluation already on the part that we have covered. And on member Masango around cooperatives, during level five of that complete lockdown, we had to uh, ban the services as guided by the protocols. However, we started the engagement with the National Treasury to allow those cooperatives, which in the main are in a textile industry or a, 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 a manufacturing of textile, to assist with the production of cloth masks and to assist with the distribution of uh, fresh vegetables and fruits in the main uh, to assist the procurement. Remember, agriculture had to continue to, 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 to perform their tasks so that the food would have, the, the country would continue to have sufficient food. So those during level four and five where the ban was uplifted, there were co- then uh, after the um after the, the permission from National Treasury to, to, to source though from those which have been supported in the main by national development agents by the very mandate of the NDA money to say they have to be incorporated in the database uh, that is issued uh, timelessly by National Treasury so that they could benefit to the economic opportunities that has since been brought about by the pandemic. So at level four and level five, those cloth masks were produced by the cooperative social development SASA and NDA had procured such cloth masks from these cooperatives. And um, the food, pi- food parcels even the private sector, the Solidarity Fund, were able to buy some food produce from those food production cooperatives that is supported by DSD and NDA in the main. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, uh, ATC Proceed. Thank you, CEO.
Thanks, Chair. Let me ask Sabani to deal with the MND issues, and then I will come in and deal with just two issues after that. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I think there were two or three issues raised. Number one was raised by Honorable Stock as well as uh, Mayor van der Neve on the, on the unachieved targets. Uh, Chairperson and other members will recall that uh, when before we resubmitted our plan, we had an opportunity to revise this at Gazette as guided by DPME. And I must indicate that uh, as DG indicated, the, the work that we'd come to present is based on the plan that was approved and tabled on the 31st of January, when no one had anticipated the COVID. So the plans that had been concluded and all activities planned as at 31st of October 2019. Uh, sorry, sorry, so, sorry. Sorry, tell us, can you, can you go back a little bit? I wanted to follow the flow of what you're saying. Okay, the, there were questions on the unachieved targets uh, as to what will happen with them. Is there a plan uh, that we'll have to make in terms of catching up? Indeed, I think I want to uh, explain exactly what is happening with the unachieved targets. The, I think at the opening, we did indicate that a larger proportion of uh, the targets that were not achieved are those targets that entailed or that had to do with us engaging uh, the in-person, face-to-face, and having those engagements with various stakeholders. The stakeholders that we have are not necessarily people or the stakeholders that will have the adequate and sufficient tools of trade. If you look for the consultations that you want to have with the provinces, or if you look at the training that you want to do, for example, the social workers, some of those uh, social workers might not have the tools of trade and also have access to data. So those were mainly the targets that were not achieved because during the reporting period, the country was still under lockdown number five and level number four. So with those limited uh, and strict restrictions, we could not then be able to attain some of those. But when in July then we were, as government, we all went through the process of readjusting our plans and reviewing them. You'll recall that as department, we took a science, we applied the science in terms of how do you want to do that. And part of the, 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 the principles that we undertook was to say, for us to go through and revise each and every target. So we started the process of saying, let's look all the targets in the, our approved uh, APP and look what it says. So for targets, for us to be revised, they had to qualify a particular principle. And one of them was to say, are we going to be able to deliver on this particular target under which restrictions? Are we going to be able to deliver on the target using some of the virtual means and so forth? So the revision process undertook that. It is in that light that you see that of the 55 ta total targets that you had in our initial P APP, 25 of them were reviewed, revised in terms of 
Number one, if we had said we want to uh, have this uh, policy approved at the parliamentary level or submitted at parliament, we had to revise the level in which that could, and it could be at class and so forth. For those that involved the training, there's those that involved and so forth. So we had to really rethink as to can we do those uh, within the, using the virtual means or any other technological advancement that you could uh, uh, consider and so forth. So some of the targets that were not met. So as a result, we, we there were about seven targets, uh, 10 targets that were totally removed from initial. So some of the, the targets that are not met could be, still be in that particular category. And we did provide the detail when we came to present uh, before this house, our revised APP and the principle in terms of the framework for the decision that we were to apply for us to consider revising those. So. There is a plan for us going forward, and uh, 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 the targets that are included on the quarter two, what we'll be uh, presenting uh, in the next invitation as, as soon as we conclude in September, the second quarter, will be based on what we've been able to, to, to revise. So as we present, there won't be any reason uh, 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 in terms of attributing the non-achievement to lockdown or any COVID-related matter, because we have to rethink carefully as to all that that is contained in the revised APP is what the department could do under the streets or under, if it does specify under which uh, level of 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 of, uh, of the restriction that it, it could be done. So I thought I need to to, to clarify that uh, from 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 uh, the, the beginning. The, the second element is is it relates to the issues that Chairperson the concerns that he 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 raised in terms of. Um, the M&E and how it seems the presentation has been crafted will seem to be confusing as they appear to be a reputation. But at the beginning, I said, if you look at slide number seven, slide number seven and slide number six, number eight, the difference is that in slide number seven, we wanted to highlight those targets that you could not be achieved. So in the IT, uh, IMC is what Mr. Ndaba has been able to articulate that for the sector strategy that could be done because it, it required that we consult extensively with our provincial counterparts and it could not be attained. And if you look at the, the, the M&E and which also seemed to appear on the, the second part on as if it's an achievement, I think I need to, uh, to, 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 to explain it in detail. What we, the M&E target on the framework is one of those targets that since been deleted and we to, 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 to replace it based on the demands and the extent to which we are seeing how work has been, has been done. When we came to present, we, we always challenged to the extent to which, how do we make sure that we're able to measure all these interventions, especially during COVID that we've been making, mainly regarding food, uh, uh, psychosocial support services and so forth, in terms of making sure that we've got a real-time data that will be able to check and be able for us to uh, enable us to report exactly what is happening on a regular basis, given the areas in which we work. So it is for that reason that we then prioritize to come up with a digital or an electronic M&E system that has been prioritized to assist us. Rather than coming up with an M&E framework, let's come up with a system that is electronic, that will be make sure that it's sector-based sector. It means to know exactly what is happening from a district level, province, provincial level, even at national, that will take track in terms of uh, take stock of all those activities that we'll be doing. So ideally, what the plan was informed on the basis that 
as department for every administrative term, for every five years, we develop and revise the existing M&A policy, which is specifically for us as DSD, and we consult with the provinces. And from that policy, we then develop an M&A framework based on the plan. So because that has been reprioritized in terms of the system, what work will still continue, but the system has been much more prioritized, which is electronic. And I can report that we are underway. And I think tomorrow we will be finalizing the appointment of a service provider to assist us in terms of developing that digital uh, MND system. So what has been put within the strategy, which is on slide eight, since we have developed a strategic plan for the next five years, the plan for us was to say, let us then have an implementation plan linked to an m and &E framework so that we're able to measure the extent to which we are making and responding and achieving these outcomes and the impact as articulated in the plans and so forth. So what we, we wanted as a, as a target is for us to develop that implementation plan and which uh, uh, in terms of the report, is what is said is being uh, was being uh, able to achieve so that we look at how we are implementing as well as the impact of these strategic desires that are, are articulated within Sorry, the sector wide. Are you saying you've got a strategic plan and implementation plan in place? Yes, uh, 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 to and, measure and, the and, extent to which we are implementing that. And there's a uh, and there's an existing MNE MN policy. Yes, exactly, Chapasi. And which one? And then which one you saying has not been approved? Then. The, the 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 new strategic plan because we it's it's a new plan the policy is based on the plan it's had to be approved because we have since revised it it's just had to be approved uh, so, by the, so you the so you will be so you will be able to forward to the portfolio committee your existing MNE framework yes, policy and plan exactly you've got yes, that yes, okay yes, was, was it I think I'm, I've covered the areas as I wanted to clarify, and then I'll ask the ATG to, to take over, Shepesin. Thank you so much for your attention. Thanks, Chair. <clears throat> Thanks, Tobani. Uh, maybe let me just sort of continue from where Tobani left off. I, I think the important thing is, is to indicate that, yes, indeed, there's an existing uh, strategy. Um, and what we want to do is try and strengthen uh, some of the areas uh, of, of our work in so far as m &E, uh, and oversight is concerned, Chairperson. Um, uh, and I take note of your point of concern around uh, there not being a framework per se. Let me say that the intention is to try and improve this area of work by virtue of it having been, well, firstly, it's, it's necessary to do so, but secondly, it has been a recurring order challenges uh, issue, as you would know. So the intention is to try and find a new framework um, so that we're able to deal with that. Perhaps, Chair, the other question that you raised around the targets and the manner in which we put them. Um, I, I think we take the point that perhaps we should be indicating uh, in a narrative format um, uh, uh, what, what does it mean to the ordinary South Africans on the ground? The impact of um, the... Um, the, the, the interventions that we have. And I think within the, the, the overall APP, it may be there, 
in terms of saying this is what we ought to have achieved, this is what uh, impact we ought to have, have derived from the specific intervention. And going forward, we will certainly find a way of putting it into, into the report so that it's, it's, it's clearly narrated um, uh, in that regard. The impact may not necessarily be completely um, uh, worked out at the point, uh, but we can indicate that by virtue of implementing target A, uh, we've managed to improve people's lives in this area or in this manner. So we will be working on that um, in terms of responding. Maybe chair to respond to the question by Honorable um, uh, uh, Van der Merwe around the social workers. Uh, it's important to note that indeed we have engaged Treasury for support in this regard. And um, because there's a process entailed in that regard, we are still awaiting a finalization. Um, and, uh, but as you would know, everybody's trying to bid for, 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 for various projects at this urgent time uh, because of the impact of COVID. So we are also on the list together with many others. Uh, we will, of course, advise on some of the programs, including the anti-gangsterism programs that we are trying to introduce, uh, or rather that we're trying to roll out. They have been paused because of COVID. And as, as Brenda indicated, part of the challenges whether also recipients have access to the necessary tools uh, to run these programs virtually. And so these are areas that we are trying to look at to adapt uh, to the new norm because of, 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 of the impact thereof. And perhaps to respond to Honorable Masango's question around um, uh, the, the capacity levels at the DSD, we are, we are still operating. Uh, we're, in fact, we're operating at 100%, but utilizing a hybrid model. So it's, uh, at times, some colleagues would would come uh, to the office um, over a period of days or hours, and then would shift with other colleagues. Those, of course, with comorbidities continue to work from home in this regard. Um, and I think um, we, we, we um, uh, all of this is, is trying to adapt to the new normal. Lastly, Chair, the, the question by Honorable Sukers around the, the, the legal costs, I think we, we've responded to the question in the parliamentary format. Um, I'm not sure whether it has yet been tabled, but uh, perhaps to indicate uh, to Honorable Sukers, we await guidance of the specific amounts, the invoice rather, from the state, Chief State Law Advisor. We have not received that uh, uh, as yet, and as soon as we get it, we'll be able to share that with you. Maybe lastly, also from Honorable Sukers, is to indicate that in terms of the utilization of faith-based organizations, I think we're open to, to, to such proposals. Uh, you'd recall that under level four, if I'm not mistaken, we actually provided uh, permits for our, our members of the clergy to be able to assist us as part of the social service uh, cadre, uh, cadre rather, um, um, to, to assist in terms of rendering uh, the necessary support uh, in, in that regard. So we're open to some of these. It's just that sometimes the, some of the processes are pretty tedious uh, that we have to follow in, in that regard. Uh, I think, uh, Chair, we've responded to all the questions. The ones on foster care, uh, as you indicated, we'll respond to when we do that presentation. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, can I make this proposal ATG as we, as we move forward? I just want to insist that program one is very fundamental. Because program one, ATG, is a tool for intelligent and sensible interaction with you with regard to the language and the eyes you use to look at things. In other words, program one deals with the governance framework, right? 
So that's why it is important. It is important that we should be at the at, on one page on that. And I repeat this: if you go to you go to the welfare. Let me just quickly make an example because I think we should understand each other as we as we leave this item. I'm just going to quickly go to something. If you go to this is program three, you say, for instance, uh, let me just choose something here. Social security policy development. As part of developing a policy on maternal support for vulnerable pregnant women, an inception report on costing. What is key there is not the policy. What is key there is not even the report. What is key is all of us having a common understanding what we mean by vulnerable pregnant women and what crisis does it cause to society. And so that when you make a policy proposal, you tell us how do you think it's going to resolve a problem which you would have articulated in clear terms. You know why this is important? Once we know that problem, when we do our oversight in communities, we look at why this problem needs to be resolved. Why this policy is correct to be adopted within a week or a year is acceptable. It makes us or enable the community to make an informed evaluation. I can go on and on and on and, and, and on and on to a number of these, what to call, of these areas. Because every area of, if you go to program one, for instance, Ndaba, whose name is what? Ndaba's name is? Kumbula. Kumbula. He, he was trying to separate some sharp from grains here. For instance, if you talk about integrated IT system, you naturally you are responding to a particular nature of problems. That if this thing is not integrated, what are the problems? Because of those problems, you're integrating. We are curious as the portfolio committee to know what this problem that you are responding to. So that once you say it is integrated, when we do oversight, we want to check if that problem you are responding to has been resolved. But if it is not properly what you call concretized, it also doesn't help. Now, what worries me again, the ATC, I have always been thinking that you guys don't have an M&E framework. And you know I've been complaining about this and a number of other members have been complaining about it. Now, some I'm realizing now you have got an existing MNC framework, M&E framework, which is, which, is, which is normal if that is the, in place. What I want to propose, can you forward that the copy of the existing one, M&E framework? And of course, I know you are reviewing it to respond to the current situation, which is a normal thing in governments and so on. So all, all I'm saying is that if we can have that, because the key thing is that to close this point is that every intervention is responding to a particular problem. And that problem must be must have relevance to the state of the people on the ground. So that when you intervene to this, you define the problem, it must have relevance to the state of people on the ground, so that when we oversight, we check how is it relevant in terms of the change it's making on the ground. 
So last point that I'm saying that I would propose, therefore, just choose one program. You can choose whichever program. Maybe program three or program four. Say this program is responding to a particular state of situation in society. It is a result of this nature of problem in society. And these policies hope to, when, when, when put in place to change this situation. Let's choose one program and share that with us. Remember we said the result-based management is going to be an ongoing uh, process. It may not be achieved overnight, but if you can just choose one program in this program that we are having, so that we check if indeed when we say we want narrative, because portfolio committee doesn't deal with target. Those are numbers. Portfolio committee deals with the narrative because it is the intelligence of the narrative that makes us understand what is it that we're looking for in the crowd. Because we're not going to look for target one, target two, target three, and target four. We don't know what that is. So in other words, that program you achieve must make the narrative of the problem that is there. What, what is the state of the people in that area? What, what, what is the self that we're responding to? And so on and so on. And of course, please provide this framework and so on. Are we together? Oh, did I clarify myself? Thank you, ADG. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Chair. 100% yes. Chair. Honorable yes. members, on this, uh, I hope your questions have been responded to. Let's go to yes. the next presentation. No, 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 Chairperson, I wanted to agree with you that we support the proposals you've made in this regard. So we're happy. Thank you very much. Honorable uh, ATG, yeah, it doesn't matter whether I say honorable TG, and ATG must be honorable. Honorable TG, go to the next presentation. Thanks, Chair. We are providing just a by way of update uh, on the uh, areas uh, pertaining to foster care. Um, can people mute, please, so that we listen to the ADG only? Can we ask uh, Chairperson the, the, the Secretariat to allow Tabani to share the presentation, it's not enabling him to share at the moment. Uh, we want to share the presentation with you. It's a short presentation by way of update. Okay. Um, and will take us through through that. It's still not allowing him to share. So the secretariat will need to give us the rights in order to share the presentation quickly. Shangi, can you share? Thank you. Thanks. Um, um, Ms. Tirimaka will take us briefly through this presentation and then we'll respond to some of the questions that have already been asked, including new ones that may come up. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon. Chairperson, uh, honorable members, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity. Like it has been said, I will just focus on the foster care progress report on the implementation of the North Houghton High Court order uh, of 26 November 2019. Okay, the outline will be the purpose, introduction, progress, 
status of the children's amendment bill, progress made on the foster care, orders affected by the high court order, intervention to address foster care cases, common challenges in implementing the order, proposals about the challenges, recommendations. But like I said, the main focus will be on the progress. The purpose is to, okay, <laughs> you, you were fast, but the, the purpose is to present the foster care order progress. Now in introduction, the presentation provides a progress made regarding the legislative reform process. It also provides progress made by the provinces because they are the implementers in relation to the order that is due to lapse on 26 November and also the provincial recovery plans, uh, including a status of provincial interventions on mechanisms, structures, and resources detailed, but all this in, is in the narrative report. Next slide. Okay, here is about progress. We should remember the court order was saying there should be comprehensive legislative framework to inform implementation of the foster care. The first one was about the social assistance bill, which has been passed by the National Assembly on the 9 June 2020, and the bill has been referred to NCOP. And secondly, the minister will brief the Select Committee on Health and Social Services on 25 August. On June 2010, cabinet granted approval for the Children's Amendment Bill to be submitted to parliament. And the department submitted the Children's Amendment Bill and MOO to the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor for certification on 19 June 2020. And the OCSLA provided feedback and an opinion on 24 July 2020. The Children's Amendment Bill and MOO were revised to incorporate sector concerns and state law advisors' recommendations. What is and MOO, ma'am? Uh, memorandum of Agreement. I will I will check it sort of for that. And the department addressed all their comments affected, affected, and effected the proposed changes and submitted the revised bill and MOO to OCSLA on 28 July. All this is about uh, the regulations, the law that will help us to address foster care plan. Next slide. 
Now, this uh, slide is about progress made until May. Let's move to the next slide, which incorporates this progress up to July and August. Uh, we have outstanding foster care orders as at 20, 26 November, July, informed by the court order. And it was 58,136. And each province had targets as indicated. But now we went on to come up with the progress. And provinces are implementing differently. Some are moving fast, some are slow due to their own reasons. But as of now, the progress was 31,522. Now, deviation as end of July. We should remember we are saying as end of July, it was 26,000. 616. We went further to set targets that would go until July 2020. And we, we have different targets as per provinces. And the total is 52,169. 52, Unfortunately, we could not get to from the highlighted provinces. And then pro progress made in relation to the targets that we have said is 18,680. Now we are saying deviation of foster care orders that were projected. Remember with foster care is revolving. This year is this number. But the next month, because some children have come in, the number will change. Or the children has gone out after being 18, the number uh, will change. So we come with projections. So the projections between 2019 and July 2020, we said is 33,489. And now the next is about projections for the month. Because if all things are going on well, we must have projections for every month. Now projections for August was, the total was 31,939. And progress we have received, is 7,329. So the outstanding will be 24,610. Go to the next slide, please. Now we come in with the analysis of the template we had before. In total, we are saying over all orders to be dealt with between 26 November 2019 and November 26, 2020, 
as in relation to the court order is 142,222. So as of now, the overall progress made is 57,531. Overall outstanding orders to be extended beyond 21 November will be 84,715. And we should remember to say as of now, all cases of foster care are deemed to be existing in relation with the court order. But come 26 November, the order will have lapsed. And if things didn't go well, we, the probability is we might be having 84,715. Next slide. So both national and province, we are having interventions, interventions to try and address these foster care cases. The first one is our engagement with the Department of Basic Education regarding access of proof of school that they are registered. The regulation says a child receiving foster care order must be in school. That's why we must get the, the report from education and you continuously engage with the Department of Education where we have bottlenecks. The other regulation is in relation to Form 30 inquiries. And we are saying between April and August 2020, we have issued about 6,425 Form 30s. And the National Department is continuously engaging with the provinces about implementation of foster care because implementation is supposed to be happening or is happening in the provinces. We come to give the necessary support and to monitor them. And uh, we have been engaging with them telephonically and visually to see how far they are with the implementation of the court order. We do have challenges to implement the order. The first one is due to disruptions from COVID-19 and some provinces were unable to obtain information and as a result, you could not submit the reports on two-weekly basis as we had agreed with Portfolio Committee. But I want to elaborate a little bit here. If a case is to be reviewed, a social worker has to go to the family, sit down with the family, and assess the home circumstances. So due to COVID, they could not do that. And it impacted on the number as set in the target. The other challenge we had 
was provision of sufficient PPEs to officials, especially when they go out to visit the family and do home circumstances reports. And the big one is social work working according to rotation. It has been a challenge, a big one, and the provinces can attest we're not in a position to meet the targets as said. And the last challenge is access to tools of trade. You know, the order was saying we have to provide systems and trade of tools for the social workers down there to be in a position to implement foster care. But uh, it has been a problem. Now, proposals to address these challenges, we are saying the most important one is provision of tools of trade by provinces because they will enable the social workers to be in a position to visit and also to take the cases to court. And at the end, the case being reviewed. And lastly, the child enjoying foster care grants. And uh, we're saying provinces to procure PPEs for staff, you know, as much as they can. And uh, we have now to improve on management of staff rotation, but in line with the COVID uh, uh, protocols. Because, you know, we have been having this outstanding, now the rotation, so it will be very difficult and slow for us to achieve the said targets. And uh, we have been engaging with the province to say, yes, we understand your challenges, but try hard to provide weekly reports so that we can submit to the principals and we all be together on the same page. Lastly, in conclusion, uh, it is recommended that the portfolio committee to take note of the progress made in the implementation of the court order, support parliamentary process to expedite the process of the two bills in compliance with the court order, because if the law can change we will be in a better position to render foster care. I thank you. Are we done, uh, HOD? Uh, yes, Chair. I, I think we are. Um, I think the important thing, just CD spoke, as CD spoke to us at the beginning, is just to highlight that we did yesterday uh, brief the NCOP. Um, uh, we, we took the NCOP through the social assistance bill. Um, which has an important alignment to this work of foster care in line with uh, providing a comprehensive legal solution. And uh, we will in the next few weeks uh, also 
uh, be working with uh, the NCOP and briefing the other provincial legislatures uh, as per the request of the NCOP and the provincial legislatures on uh, uh, the social assistance bill. Thank you, Chair. I hope the NCOP's attention has been drawn to the agents of finalizing that bill. Yes, indeed, Chairperson. We did yesterday also highlight it um, uh, uh, in this regard. And the hope is that by September, uh, we would have concluded the consultations uh, with, by the end of September uh, with the, all legislatures uh, in this regard. Some members of various legislatures were invited yesterday. Uh, and uh, uh, we will then continue to work with the NCOP going forward. Can you explain that consultation, uh, because I thought it's National Assembly, it's NCOP. Anything outside that? Uh, yes, so um, th there's been a request from the provincial legislatures um, uh, to us, uh, and we shared uh, th that, uh, but the request also went to the NCOP. For the NCOP to brief each and every provincial legislature, uh, on the social assistance bill. So um, we will be guided by the NCOP in terms of where they suggest we support them uh, in providing those briefings uh, to those various uh, provincial legislatures. And consultation. You know, my, 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 my major worry, I need to be advised by your legal people, is that uh, I, I'm not sure if that's a legal step. Mm. towards implementing this, yeah. this bill. Yeah. Because remember, when we adopt bills, it means they were preceded by consultations. Mm. That's right. When yeah, they're I, at this level, it means N NA is dealing with them based on that, NCOP is dealing with them. I'm worried about this. I think that we need to be clarified about this. Yeah. Because I, I don't agree. know whether this is a legal... Yes. I, 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 perhaps Do you want I to make a comment yes. on that? Yes, I, I raised the same question yesterday to the NCOP, uh, seeking guidance uh, in, in, this, in the same vein. Uh, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll touch base um, because we were receiving a direct uh, communication also from the uh, provincial legislatures asking us to come and present accordingly in this regard. So no. I, I did make the, the uh, seek guidance on it uh, and uh, we will await further uh, guidance in this regard, but we'll consult with you accordingly. Chair, just quickly, the MOO is the memorandum of objectives of the bill. It basically explains the rationale uh, behind each of the clauses uh, within the bill. But you, but you are complicating something that is basic. Why do you say the memorandum of whatever? What is, <laughs> what is this thing? All I'm saying, I think we'll have to discuss uh, in the National yeah. Assembly and the NSOP. This mm. cannot be, this is not a legal requirement for this process. Uh, I'm worried or something has entered that this is delayed with, by something which is not a legal requirement. My understanding is that when provinces express their views in the NCOP, they have been, there has been consultation before that. Once the NCOP takes a position, that is that. And I think we need to get clarity. I'm, I'm a bit worried about that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, Chair, we'll check in with our legal um, and also consult with Parliament. No, even ourselves, I think. I think let's clarify this matter. I would be uncomfortable if this bill is delayed by other things which are not a legal requirement, taking into account its agency.
Honorable members, uh, I've got only three hands, yeah? Honorable Stock, Honorable Aris, and Honorable Masango. Any other hands on the screen? Honorable Seker, any other hands? Going, going, gone. Uh, all I'm saying before the honorable members speak, if you look at the presentation, what it says, there's uh, 80 something thousand outstanding for the deadline of November. 57,000 is the progress. 26 November lapses, serious implications, and so on. But let me hear what the members are going to say. Honorable Stock. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, the intro, let me also appreciate the presentation of foster care that was done now by the department. Uh, the introduction of the foster care grant progress report uh, indicates that the presentation uh, would include the provincial recovery plans, uh, including a status of the provincial interventions on mechanisms, uh, the structures and the resources which are detailed in the narrative report. I would have thought, uh, Honorable Chairperson, that uh, uh, this detailed narrative report would have been presented and attached as an addendum to the presentation that was made to the portfolio committee regarding foster care grant. Uh, but anyway, uh, for the sake of progress and also concluding uh, on this issue of foster care, my submission is that uh, I would like to find out from the department how is the detailed narrative report demonstrated in the progress report and then maybe also when are they going to present it to us as a portfolio committee so that we are able to engage on this narrative report. Uh, one of the most instrumental features in the addressing and resolving of the foster care grant system is the development of a comprehensive legal solution. And I think this issue, uh, even today, uh, many honorable members have been reflecting on it. The department also speaks about it. A number of portfolio committee meetings as well we have been speaking about uh, the development of a comprehensive legal solution. So I would like to find out also from the side of the department, what is the progress on the implementation of the comprehensive legal solution? Where are we? And then how do we move forward? And then how soon are we able to deliver on that legal solution? What has been the update also from the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor on the final certification of the Children's Amendment Bill? And then when is it also going to be tabled to Parliament? So all the challenges, uh, can we just be taken into confidence and then clarity being sought and given to the portfolio committee as to where are we and then how do we move forward and resolve this matter once and for all? Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Well, thanks, Honorable Stock. Just to clarify that part, the bill is before us now. At the end of this meeting, we need to find a way how are we going to play our part uh, within the limited time. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Mine is just on, I've recently read an article which states that 118 babies has been uh, abandoned at birth in public hospitals across Haute. And it is really worrisome. And mine is just, I want to find out how many social workers uh, do we need uh, to successfully implement the foster care system? And then, Chair, 
I'm really worried and it it happened all the time. Lindy Red sent us a presentation yesterday that indicates the progress report on the foster care. And in that report they indicate there was there was a zero performance in the Eastern Cape Gauteng, Northwest Kaiseten and Mapumalanga. But when the department today present to us, they have indicated that there's only two provinces on their slides. There's only two provinces that uh, didn't obtain any um, information on progress. Chair, it is worrisome that every time the department come and present presentations to us, they present different, uh, different information to us. I want to ask the department to stop that. If they if they send us the presentation yesterday, it means they must come and present that presentation, not the presentation that they have just and then not even inform us about that. And then in terms of the PPE of officials, it is worrisome that we are five months in COVID-19 and yet the department come and uh, uh, Come and give, uh, come in and 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 tell the portfolio that the officials don't have sufficient uh, PPEs. It is really, it is really a worrying factor. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable uh, Masano. Thank you, Chair. Thank you so much for the for the presentation um, uh, on 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 foster care. My question is on the issue of the social workers and their and their tools of trade. For some time now, Chair, we've been getting a feedback from the department that says that they have approached or they are approaching National Treasury on this issue of, of uh, social workers. I just want to find out how is social workers that the department need so desperately, uh, or in fact, even the country needs so desperately, how are they different from the other things that need to happen? Are they not in the, in the, in the organogram of the, of the department? Uh, what, what makes them a special approach to the national treasury when we, we know and we can see how much they need to be uh, recruited and, and work for the department. I just want to uh, cl some clarity because uh, over time, it's just been, we are approaching national treasury in this, in this issue, on this issue, but I, I, I'm not sure why that is the case in the first place. Um, the other thing during the presentation, the, the lady that was presenting said that the other some provinces have got um, reasons why they, they, they are moving slow. Um, I, 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 do, I would like to know those reasons because it, it, the, 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 the reasons are probably what we will need if, this, if, if, if we don't meet the deadline and those reasons need to be uh, valid and, and need to be, to be strong enough to, to say that we are not meeting the deadline again. But uh, also um, the, uh, and, and, and also it was said that we need to expedite the process. 
Um, I, I, I believe that everything is in place uh, uh, where, we, where the, the portfolio committee or the chairperson should have done whatever he needed to do. He has done that on time, uh, although it might not meet the, 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 you know, the legal processing of legisla legislation in parliament. And that expediting is going to have to be, in my, in my view at least, is going to have to be uh, accompanied by the support that we get through the reports that come out of the provinces in as far as this uh, this whole program uh, pro project is concerned. And the last thing, Chair, that I wanted to find out, just some clarity, and I, I believe that the Chair would be able to, to, to even uh, intervene here. The issue of the provinces wanting uh, direct presentations would that be not covered by the six weeks, I believe, uh, from when one was in NCOP, would that not be covered by the six-week uh, sort of time that is needed from the time that the bill is presented at, at NCOP anyway for the delegates to get uh, mandates from their provinces? Is this now outside of that sort of cycle that, that, that is involved in the processing of legislation? I just would like to find that out, Chair, because we cannot afford uh, any delays uh, if we are to um, meet the deadline as, 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 as Parliament. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Chair. I, I just have a question um, that the presenter has men, um, mentioned um, in a presentation. It was mentioned that um, there were adjustments made um, as it, in response to the sector's concerns around the bill. If the department can please expand on that, what was the amendments um, that was made um, she mentioned it in relation to the MOO. And then I also wanted to understand the process, um, Chair, um, if the, the, with the illegal implications of this bill, is, uh, is that still going to be discussed with the com committee with, from our, with our legal uh, representative on the committee or not? Uh, thank you, Honorable Seka. Uh, can, in the meantime, is uh, listen to Linda, your lawyer. In the meantime, can Jenane prepare himself for two things? towards the end of this. The legal relevance. I, I don't have a problem people wanting to be informed, to understand, but the legal imperative of that, whether it fits in the process uh, on the Social Assistance Amendment Bill, and uh, probably say something, and probably an ATG at the end, about us meeting the 26th of November deadline. At the end, we need to find one another on that. Uh, ATG, uh, can you respond? Uh, comments and questions have been raised. Thanks, Chair. Uh, I will ask our CD to first respond, and then I will come in uh, to respond to one or two others. Yeah, please. 
Thank you once more. Uh, honorable Stock, we have the narrative report. We can send it immediately after this. And the report is about ketchup. Provinces are telling us how or what are the steps they are going to take to address foster care and meet the deadline. It's mainly about the tools of trade. They tell us how they are going to provide uh, those tools of trade, human resource, if they have to appoint, how they are going to do it, systems. The court order section 2.2 was saying there must be systems in place. So the provinces in those narrative reports are telling us briefly about that. But like I'm saying, we will send you the report so that we can move together on the same page. Okay, the comprehensive legal solution, I think Chairperson has answered that. And the babies that are being abandoned. Uh, we have been, we have been engaging with the hospitals, with the NGOs where these babies are being abandoned because there are processes. If a baby is, is being abandoned, there are processes to be followed for that baby to be saved. But uh, the good thing is we are having engagement with the NGOs that are to adopt those children if need be. And we are also engaging with the hospitals because some of these children are abandoned in hospital. But uh, according to the report we had SDSD, our number was small. So these children were in hospitals, were in other sectors, and unfortunately, they were not reported in the child protection register. Because if they were reported in that register, would be having that information, and then would come with action plan to see as how we deal with those children. But the good point is we are engaging in relation to that. Uh, about different new statistics, we really ap apologize for that because we depend from the provinces to give us information. Sometimes you'll get the information last minute, last minute. And on the other hand, you have pressure to submit to the portfolio committee. But uh, we'll try and check a way as how we can deal with this. Because for the statistics, honestly, we depend solely from the provinces. And the PPEs, uh, provinces are, are trying hard to address that. Okay, what I would like to highlight is there was this court order, but there, were, there was never additional fund from Treasury for us to implement this court order. So we have been using the same thing we have, and it has been difficult. 
especially to some of the provinces. That's, that's the big problem. Treasury never uh, provided us with additional funds to address this uh, presenting problem. Provinces to provide direct presentations, I really concur with you because it has to come from the provinces to national, national to portfolio committee. So if, it, if there was a direct link, it would be much, much, much better. Okay, adjustment made in relation to MOO. Uh, there are different sectors. We are just social workers. We are just social scientists, but we have legal experts. So we give them information to say, this is the information uh, as technocrats. But now the legal experts take that information from the technocrats, that is us social workers, and now tailor made it into the law. That's where here and there, there would be amendments. I think I have covered most of the questions, DG. Hey, DG. Thanks, Chair. Thanks, Mr. Steady. Maybe just uh, to firstly respond to uh, Honorable Stock's question uh, around process um, or around uh, where are we on 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 this matter. Um, thanks, Chair. Um, yeah. So the process right now, in terms of where it is. It's, it's with the, uh, we've processed everything through the deeds office. Uh, so not the deeds office, the bill's office. Hey, uh, through the, uh, the bill's office. And um, we've received uh, final certification of the bill uh, from the office of the chief state law advisor, uh, which has been submitted to parliament for introduction in line with rule. I think it's 275 if I'm not mistaken. And um, um, so the process in, in terms of proofreading, the second round has concluded as well uh, on, on that matter. So uh, the, 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 as far as we understand it, is, uh, it's, it's now uh, within Parliament's purview uh, to conclude with the necessary processes in that regard. Um, let me also indicate uh, that, um, yes, I think uh, uh, I responded to uh, uh, Honorable Adri's um, uh, inquiries. When we come to the committee, we want to uh, ideally give you the latest information. But since we've submitted the presentation last to Thursday, if not Friday, um, this document, uh, by virtue of it being a live document, will, will change. So the numbers will change. And uh, maybe what we should do is to indicate that in your previous presentation, you have number A. However, with an update received over the weekend in the past two days, uh, this is where we are now sitting. So it's it's not that uh, the information is, is incorrectly being provided. We are providing the information at the time uh, as required by the committee. Uh, but as LCD indicated, we do have a challenge sometimes of feedback from the provinces. And perhaps what, uh, what would be good is also to um, uh, uh, perhaps invite the provinces at a later stage where possible. So maybe the other question I wanted to respond to, Honorable Masango, indeed, uh, we have been saying that the processes uh, around uh, uh, funding lies uh, with, with Treasury, but our study responded to indicate that we are not given any finan finances to this, to the, in this regard. There's a process in Treasury called unforeseen and unavoidable. Uh, we've submitted a bid through that process, uh, requesting for, for support uh, for additional social workers. 
that process uh, is, is is dealt with solely by presidency, and I think the first sitting of that of that process of that process will happen sometime uh, in 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 September. So we've done what we need to do in terms of making the request. Uh, this is all additional and all new, uh, um, and 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 hence we had to make the request in the manner in which we did. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, I think I've responded. I think we between our city and I. We've, oh, honourable stocks question around where we are on the comprehensive social um, on the comprehensive legal solution. I think um, it, it, it it it's. Um, I think on slide number I'll see responded a bit to it, but some of the information is on slide number four, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's slide number four, where we highlight uh, the various slide number five, where we highlight. Um, the various uh, 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 dependencies, for lack of a better word, uh, in reaching the comprehensive legal solution. We have to process the Children's Amendment Bill, we have to process the Social Assistance Bill. At the same time, we have to make progress in terms of uh, concluding the backlog and so on and so forth. So they're intertwined in a way. And uh, what we could do is, um, what we've given you here is an update since what, in terms of what has happened in the past few months, uh, including uh, uh, an update on the numbers in terms of uh, uh, closing the backlog. So what we will, what we can do, uh, honourable stock, is uh, perhaps uh, when there's progress again, we then could be able to provide you uh, in that regard. Thank, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, I don't see him. Uh, he was in Jobek. I don't know whether he's back with with the committee, with another committee. But I will yeah. I will convey the, the 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 message to him, and then he will definitely respond. Uh, you see, we are seemingly near crossroads, if not crossroads now, mm. because of. Yeah. Because of the time it took the cabinet to refer the bill to the portfolio committee, mm -hmm. uh, I still doubt if the COVID would have actually stopped us from processing this thing if the cabinet had finished on time. Now, the challenge we have is that uh, I hope the AGG, AG, DG is listening to this. The challenge we have. I want to assume that even the legal state, the, the legal advisor in the department must have thought about the situation where we are now and the time we have received the bill. Uh, and the fact that you've got so many clauses to change in the bill. Oh. Somebody said, what, 200? I don't know how many. Um, we need now, honorable members, to look at what best can we do? And if upfront we are clear it's not going to be doable by the 26th of November, which seems to be clear to me, we need uh, a legal advice as quick as possible on this matter mm -hmm. so that we are able to up on time, revise uh, the time frame and table as we do a progress report to the master of court, whoever, 
Because I, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's a progress report we're supposed to give. And then in that progress report, not in November, now, around uh, September and August, we must have analyzed the entire situation. I don't know what, 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 is, what is the due date, uh, DG for, for reports to, to the court and whoever is relevant, and draw the attention of everyone. In the meantime, probably work on a, on a time frame that, uh, that is sensible. Uh, Linda, do you want to say anything on that? Um, I concur with you, Chairperson. Um, I think that we need from our side to look at the program, how practical it is. Uh, yes, Chair. I think I'll speak again with Mjengane around uh, the letter you raised. Can we, DJ, you, you are listening, you are here, am I right? Yes, 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 Chairperson, we're here. Can your legal people and the, legis and, the, and the assembly legal people put us together with the technical people from your department and our side? Within this, uh, by next week, there must be clarity with regard to what line must we follow on this matter. But in the meantime, uh, I, I don't know what honorable members, I would be curious to hear them. If we want to move on this, we might end up during uh, the constituency or recess period having to come to parliament if the law so allow. But I want to get the attitude of the honorable members to that because one time I wrote something on behalf of the portfolio committee and certain honorable members punched me under belt. I must be very careful about that. I'm saying if, if we were to move on this, we might have to, to forfeit some of the normal holidays we have. Because this is a serious matter for the department. I just, I just want to hear honourable members commenting on that. Okay. Yes. Honourable. No, honourable. No, it's honourable for the matter. Can, can all right? Oh, those are the hands. Yeah. All right. Let me start with honourable stock. If those are the hands, uh, uh, put your hand on the screen. Uh, honourable for the matter. Honourable stock. No, no, honorable chair, my hand was up earlier on. Maybe I must put oh, it down it's, it's, Oh, it's before. Yeah, so it's remove before. your hands then. You must remove your hands. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm asking honorable members to comment on this, uh, on, on what I've just said, that there are certain uh, sacrifices the committee might have to make to, to do the best we can before the 26th. I want to hear what honorable members have to say about that. Um, Honourable Chair, I just may I ask a question? Yes, yes, is that honourable? Can, honourable members, can we make sure that can somebody remove these things on the? Can you remove your because your hands are for the old what to call? My now. All right, let me read the. Let me. Mine is also for this point. Okay, let me read the list now. Honorable Seker, Honorable Vana, Honorable Fandamave, Honorable uh, Masango, you want to speak on this matter? One to two minutes, please. Uh, Honorable Aris, Honorable Seker, one to two minutes, please. Okay. <clears throat> okay, Chair, can I go? Yes. 
Okay. Um, Chair, I, I, I didn't hear an answer to my earlier questions. So I may I ask if, if um, it means that those aspects, the technicalities around the bill, will then be discussed with us in committee? Um, because I didn't hear the, the answer um, being given on what I asked in terms of what are those adjustments that has been made. And I heard you reference that 200 um, uh, um, adjustments has been made. I think that's what you referred to. So no, um, I, was, my, I was saying what, what I was once advised is to be made, but legal people need to confirm that. Okay. Uh, because my biggest concern is that um, um, the rush is there because we all understand that it needs to be done. The biggest concern for me personally is that the committee itself has not discussed the Children's Amendment Bill and whether there is going to be a legal um, representation by our legal um, representative to um, the committee to understand what um, the, the, the bill is about. And also in order for this committee to all then um, be on one page so that when we do ask for an acceleration in terms of timeline, that we are unified in that call. That's that's what I want oh, to okay. say. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Honorable Fanamev, I think I hear you. Honorable Fanamev. No, Chipperson, mine was simply to uh, answer what you were asking of us, and that is whether we would pr prioritize time during the recess uh, to deal with these matters so that they can be finalized and expedited. And I think it's a very important issue. There's a court deadline that we had to meet as well. So I think really, since your subcommittee will be sitting anyway to deal with NDA issues, that we really put aside as a committee September to, to deal with this and, and even cancel um, our resets. It's that important, Chairperson, and I would like to support you in that. Thank you. Honorable Masango, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Chair. Um, my understanding is that, um, and I need to be clarified, is that the, this social assistance amendment bill is the one closer to being uh, presented to the North Houghton High Court as a part of the comprehensive legal solution. Because when I asked the question when the legal people were in the meeting, when we were discussing the social assistance amendment bill, it was said that it's not the full comprehensive legal solution. It's part of it. Uh, and the, the uh, children amendment bill is going to be the one that will make it even um, more comprehensive. So my question then is, are we, we, are we saying that we want to make sure, even if we work over the constituency period, to make sure that the social assistant amendment, assistant amendment bill is the one that we are going to be presenting to the high court because it's closer to being, to being finalized? Uh, and the, the children's amendment bill, uh, there is a, 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 a view that in the children's amendment bill, which has so many, so many amendments, has no, no more than six uh, amendments that relate directly to the, to the uh, foster care grant, uh, I mean, to the foster care system. Can then our legal people advise us if it's, if it's possible for those six amendments to be passed before the deadline, which can be the work that we embark on, as the chair is saying rightly, that we might need to work over the a period of time when the, the, it's constituency period, and then leave the rest of the children amendment bill for the 2021 
uh, 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 cycle, as it were. That would be my question, Chair. Thanks. Thanks, 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 thanks. Thank you very much, Chair. Though it is just my apology. <laughs> Chay, no, okay. no, 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 it is, no, 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 Chay. It is just on that um, that you have asked in terms of availability for the recess, for the recess period. Um, you know, we as the EFF, we actually want to go to to Parliament. So, yes, it's not a problem that we can. can okay, all right, I hear you. Thank you. Uh, I, I think my understanding, honorable members, that, honorable Vana, sorry. No, covered, sir. Thank you very you much. You have forgotten about me. I'm covered. No, no, but I'm calling In you terms now. Of... <laughs> yes, I'm covered. No problem. Covered. It's okay. We are okay, in fine. your hands in terms of these uh, meetings that need to be held. Thanks. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, but also, you, you, to be nice, just not to use power, but just detective, there's a, there's a, there's a spirit to drive this thing. My understanding... In a nutshell, members are saying, if sacrifices have to be made, we have to, but there are certain things that need to be clarified. They come from the question of Honorable Seiker and Honorable Masango. Honorable Masango, Honorable Seiker wants to know, we have you, which is correct, Honorable Seiker, which is correct that let's be, legal people must table before us the nature of the challenge that we're faced with. So whatever sacrifices we commit to, it must be clear. I think that is question is in order. And then Honorable Masango wanted to check one, because actually what she's raising falls in the question that Honorable Seger is asking, that uh, social amendment bill, social assistance amendment bill, and if there are few clauses in the children's amendment, all all those questions will be answered when legal people in, in an urgent meeting present to us, in my view, not later than next week. Just take us through when we are to amend this bill, what exactly is the load of the task at hand? My understanding, Honorable Masango, the social amendment bill was pulled in because it was said it is quicker to implement. It can resolve some of the few things whilst we are pushing the ideal one not necessarily on, on the radar of the court, but again, I'm very careful on that. Can we agree that as a matter of agency, Ms. Tabo, by next week, we sit just to look at the implications of this so that when we when we make whatever proposals, whether to a master of court, whether to parliament, we, we base them on the clear picture that legal people have given us together with the technical people in general. Is that okay, honorable members? That's okay, Chair. So, yes, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, ATG, you, you hear what the process are going to follow, am I right? Yes, thanks, Chair. I think we're fine with the process. Our legal <laughs> colleague is in the meeting, uh, yes. and uh, we'll take a note as well. So the, your technical people, be they legal or not legal? Our technical people, be they legal, needs to put their heads together. 
and come yeah. to, before the comic and present exactly the nature of the animal we are confronted with. At that point in okay. time, I must thank the department very profusely, as usual, uh, for the cooperation, and we hope to find one another as we go on. Uh, and of course, the way forward will be concretized by the committee secretary so that you know what we want in as far as, the, in particular, the first quarter, the first quarter report is concerned. Uh, we will, the department is free to leave uh, after that uh, gratitude. Honorable members, I'm told we've got three sets of minutes we're supposed to deal with. Uh, what are the dates, Linda? Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's 31st of thank July, much, uh, 18, 18th of August, and 19th of last week, 19th of August. 31st July? 18th August, 18th and, of, and 19th of August. Chair. So that was two consecutive days? Yes, Chair, last week. Two, Tuesday, 31 July. 18 August and 19 August. Yes, Honorable sir. members, can we start with the 31st July? Uh, our people receive those minutes. Am I right? Mr. Chairperson, I forwarded the, the, the minutes to the to the members. No, I think I saw them too. Yeah. Honorable yeah. members. Um, let's start with the 31st July. I would like to propose the adoption of the proposes the adoption of the 31st. Any second down? 31st July. Any second down? I second chair. Thank you, Honorable Stock. Thank you very much. Uh, 18 August, any proposal for adoption? Can I propose again, Chair? Am I allowed? <laughs> yes. Okay, I propose okay. adoption, Chair. Can, can we have a second now? It's myself, Chair. August. Yeah. Honorable Thank yes. you, Honorable the last minute is the 19th August. Honorable members, any proposal for adoption? It can't be Bridget now. Uh, sorry, Chairperson. Uh, for the 18th of August, Honorable Vana was in the another meeting, uh, PC on Human Settlement. She was not part of the meeting, so we wanted a different uh, person to second. Thank you very much. Can you, can you get a different seconder for the 18th of August? I'll second Honorable Chair Abrams. Thanks, Honorable Abrams. Uh, 19 August, any proposal for adoption? I will propose for the adoption, Chairperson. Honorable Fonamava, any seconder? Mvana seconds, I was present. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable members, that's how our day ends. Again, always, thank you for this very productive and harmonious and productive committee. Have a good weekend. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chair. Thank you.